From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Yep. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Seven minutes past the hour. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. Oh, a lot to do this hour. We have Kirk Conover dropping by in exactly one hour. Chuck Malamut at 8. And Dr. Mark Newkirk for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour. Well, you know how I work. We long remember things. And then when other things happen, we just give you a sampling of, huh, look how it was handled here versus look how it's now handled over here. And let's see what the only differences between the two scenarios. So I roll back the Wayback Machine to October 27, 2019. President Trump, as Commander-in-Chief of the United States military, he authorizes the zone strike, or the drone strike, rather, of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, October 27, 2019. Headlines read austere religious scholar dies. Now, Trump is labeled the bad guy. Trump is labeled a war criminal. Not that the true war criminal, terrorist, not austere religious scholar, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. So that's October 27, 2019. Now, fast forward to August 1st, 2022. Now, this allegedly happened a few days ago, but we find out about it when G.I. Joe takes to the airwaves, uh, reincarnated as General Patton and you name whoever else, Ulysses S. Grant, put ever, whoever you want in there. And Ayman al-Zahiri is everything that he is, and Biden is the good guy. So let me tell you my position. I support my president and what he did on October 27, 2019, and I support what my president did on August 1st, 2022. Now, the difference is the left trashed President Trump. I mean, they called him every name in the book. They took the side of a hideous terrorist. This is why we tell you there are no boundaries with these extremists, our own leftist extremists. I'm not talking about the boundaries no boundaries of these these terrorists. That's true as well. But remember, George W. Bush was a war criminal, but not Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, when he was all kinds of trouble, dropping Monica bombs, uh, no problem. And I always remember that because I had an interview scheduled with Bill Clinton, and it was canceled on the day that he dropped Monica bombs. So I always will remember that fondly. But Clinton, not a war criminal. George W. Bush, war criminal. Biden, not a war criminal. Donald Trump, a war criminal. So do you follow? You follow along here? And I know this enrages the partisan left that you cannot stand it when someone puts in crystal clarity just how rotten, just how duplicitous you are. So let me answer the question. 
Is Joe Biden now a war criminal? No. Just as President Trump was not a war criminal, just as George W. Bush was not a war criminal, just as Bill Clinton was not a war criminal. But they won't say that. They compartmentalize this stuff. Remember all the loons? You, you, you remember them, right? The Washington Post with the greatest headline of all time, austere religious scholar dies. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that that actually made it into print? That, that somebody thought that was okay to write and someone's editor thought that it was just fine. Yeah, let's go with that. That looks good to me. Because they cannot see past their Trump derangement. Do you understand? Anything goes. If it supports a narrative that can be portrayed against President Trump, it doesn't matter. Now, I'm not making this up. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not stretching the truth by a, a, a millimeter. This, this is what it is. If a Democrat, this is why it's so easy, so easy. Can you imagine if gas was five, six, seven, eight, nine dollars a gallon, depending on where in the country you are, still very high. It's coming down, but it's still twice as much at least as it was 18 months ago can you imagine if we had 9.1 percent inflation do you do you think that the the associated press and dictionaries and all do you think the media would be having a conversation you know we have to have a conversation about is it really a recession because that's only one definition then they, they won't even call it a definition now even though if you go to the dictionary it's right in there. If you go to Bill Clinton, what's a, what they, they asked him directly, what's the definition of a recession? He said he did the old two quarters of negative growth, which, I, you know, I hate that. It's two negative quarters of GDP. But Obama, same thing. And 10 out of 10 of the last recessions had two consecutive quarters, negative GDP. It was never, ever, ever a question. Until now, because they can change the English language. They can do whatever they want. How many times have you heard them? I mean, they're still denying that Joe Biden has ever talked to his son about. And it's not his business dealings. It's their T-H-E-I-R, their business dealings. But they still have president. Yeah, we stand with that. How do you stand with that? There's there's digital data to prove it. There's photographs to prove it. There's uh, Tony Bobolinsky, one of the most credible people to ever disappear. How about that one? Let, let's check milk cartons and everything. Where is Tony Bobolinsky? This guy spoke the truth one time, never to be seen from again. Guarantee you there's a story there. I don't have time I got enough on my plate, but there's no way you don't come out like a blazing Roman candle and just burn out six poofs. It was pretty. And now you throw the 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 cardboard uh, canister piece into the into the trash can. But look, I was happy. Uh, Alzar were here. He is is well, was let's speak about him in the he's now cave temperature. 
he was a horrible man. And, and I'm very, very pleased that the United States has taken out this al-Qaeda leader. Of course, there'll be some kind of every action is followed by an equal and opposite reaction. So there'll be something. You know, they've been trying to kill President Trump. Nobody cares. I, I, I believe that if he ever was assassinated, that the Trump deranged loons would celebrate it. It would be a holiday for them. They're that sick. So I know when I hear from people all the time, and you know my motto, I have a, a doctrine that to be perceived as fair, you have to be more than fair, only if you're on our side. The other side doesn't have to be fair at all. It's a very easy existence. They get credit for being inclusive. When let's be honest, they're extremely exclusive and very biased. But they get credit for being tolerant, only they're intolerant. Every single thing is opposite of the truth. It's, I, I've, I've remarked on this for 30 years, and they're only getting worse. This is the worst version of them that's ever existed. It's, it's terrible. And, and you, you think they can't top it, but they can, and they will, because it's, 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 a, it's a disease. It's a sickness. It's a virus. It's a contagion. They cannot help it. They will not change. They refuse to change. Then when they lose, they say they really didn't lose. They don't accept that you won, but then they blame you when you don't accept that they won. And they get a lot more publicity for saying you don't accept that they won. Think about that one. Stacey Abrams, Hillary Clinton, the list is long. They don't take any heat. They, they, nothing changes in their life. They don't get canceled. They don't get ghosted. They don't get deplatformed. Nothing happens to them. If you don't accept that Joe Biden won, they wanted to be able to criminally charge you. Think about that. And they still want to do that right now. I think in the end, they will not, they do not have the guts. They will not charge President Trump, but they want to. Make no mistake about it. They would love to criminally charge him. And what would be the charge that he didn't believe that Joe Biden won? And some people protested. Look at the summer of love they put us through with America on fire, literally on fire. All those folks had their charges dropped. We've got people going to jail. They're sitting in jail cells for going on two years. They've had their rights taken from them. Nobody cares. And just it's just a beautiful thing to be able to put down almost like on a on a um, on a grid on a chart, October twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen, and August first, twenty twenty two, because they're they're basically identical. A horrible terrorist under one commander in chief taken out, a horrible terrorist under another commander in chief taken out, and look at the difference. Biden is hailed a hero. I haven't heard one person. I'm not calling him a war criminal. I know he's not. But if that was Trump, they'd be saying, this guy's dropping drones whenever he wants. This guy's a war criminal. You know it. They did it already. 
there's no speculation here. So uh, Biden can do it with impunity and gets credit. You think that primetime announcement last night, you think that had anything to do with the fact that he's at like 30 percent approval and trying to change the subject? But nobody's calling him a war criminal, which I don't I don't want to I don't want to start that because I would defend that he's not. But they won't defend that President Trump was not or that President George W. Bush was not. It's not right. And we better do something about it. And I think we will in about 96, 97 days, whatever we have left until November 8th, 2022. That's going to be another Independence Day in America. How many days is it until November 8th? It's 98 days until then. 98 days. Good. I'll be back. Here's Tommy Laren. Fox News commentary. Beef prices are surging, but our American ranchers aren't cashing in. As a proud South Dakotan from a ranching family, this really fires me up. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's a first-of-its-kind community with over 100 homes for program recipients. A place where Gold Star families, families of fallen first responders, and catastrophically injured heroes can live together with neighbors who understand. A place where the children of these families will grow up together. Help America's greatest heroes and their families to heal together. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Prices, like everything else in this Biden economy, are way up. And now, supply shortages promise to take that price to new heights. But if you think our American ranchers are cashing in, you'd be wrong. Drought conditions, along with the increasing cost of maintenance and equipment, is partly to blame, but there's more to the story. The meat packing industry is run by four big giants, and they are squeezing our American producers, paying them less for their product, and then jacking up the prices at the store. They are making the money, not our American ranchers. And to make matters worse, they are importing foreign beef and passing it off as product of USA. And since we have no country of origin labeling, they are able to do that. So the solution is buy local, buy American, and support our American ranchers. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Let me make a quick final comment on my opening monologue, which, by the way, just to let you know, because you would have no idea I could have been reading a script or whatever, completely extemporaneous. I did have to reacquaint myself with the date. I knew it was several years ago. I had to reacquaint myself with the date, October 27, 2019, but that was it. The rest of it completely extemporaneous because it's easy to tell the truth. They're the ones all tied up, and that's why he's this Corrine Jean-Pierre. Do you ever see this look, this scared look in the big, fat book and, and doesn't know what to say? Uh, it's easy to remember the truth. And I'm curious if I'm going to be the only broadcaster in America today to remember, to remember, to compare how Trump was treated and how Biden was treated. Go do a new, new search. I already did. You won't find any austere religious uh, cleric. Iman uh, Zahiri. Uh, they're not going to be talking about you know him being a teacher and this or that or the other. It's just Biden's right. Zahiri's dead, and that's the way it is. 
but I thought it was time well spent. And I hope you enjoyed that walk down memory lane. This is the day I've been waiting for, kids. I can't wait to come back. Tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow's a big day for a lot of reasons. I have been waiting for Tuesday, August 2nd, for the entire length and breadth of Liz Cheney becoming woke, becoming broke, becoming a joke. Thank you, Kellyanne Conway, who coined that on the Hurley in the Morning program, by the way. I've loved that so many times. I've used it here. I've used it nationally on Fox News Radio. Uh, programming note. I hope I hope this meets with your approval. Uh, but tomorrow you are stuck with me for seven consecutive hours. Because we will host the Hurley in the Morning program. And then we will guest host tomorrow the Brian Kilmeade show. And we already have... Several hours of show prep in a tremendous guest lineup tomorrow, including our own Congressman Jeff Andrew, which I asked for that segment. I want to do a segment. It'll be about 15, 17 minutes long. And it will be all about the political violence that's escalating against members of Congress of both parties, by the way. Brett Kavanaugh, of course. And we're going to talk all about that with Congressman Van Drew. I don't know if you know this, but uh, they've taken action. I forget the officer of the um, the House of Representatives, either the sergeant at arms might, might be or somebody like that. And I don't know how their rules work, but the, that person's allowed to say, uh, hey, the threat is real. And we're going to allocate up to $10,000 per member, 435 for additional security systems, additional security, anything related to security. So today is a huge day. And tomorrow is going to be a huge day because I get to talk about it with you. And then I also get to talk about it on the Brian Kilmeade show, which will both will be a great pleasure, equal great pleasure. Here's a headline that I will tell you what it made me think of. The headline is a Fox News headline. Wyoming voters tell CNN, quote, hell no, absolutely not, when asked if they will support Liz Cheney, which made me think of Sharknado 2. Oh, hell no. I love that. I love that title. I used to say that. Now, I fell in like, strong like, with Sharknado. It just cracked me up. Ian's earring, Tara Reid. It just cracked me up. I loved it. Then Sharknado 2, I think Sharknado 2 was, oh, hell no. It might have been later. I'll look it up. It might have been, I'm, I'm a little bit confused now on that. I, Sharknado 2 might not be, oh, hell no. That might be number three. Now, what happened, though, now they're unwatchable. I think they keep making them. And I think there's been at least four. And the first one was great. The second one was good to very good. And then I was like, oh, man, this is just what did you blow this for? They got so zany. It's kind of like Lost in Space was fantastic and serious. And you had really great plots. Then all of a sudden it's big, large carrots, human sized costumes and carrots and walking on 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 planets. I mean, they just completely 
made it zany, campy, instead instead of cool and and uh, great writing. And you know, I just I just enjoyed the serious side of Lost in Space. I love the whole show. Don't get me wrong, huge fan. But they actually kind of carved Guy Williams out and uh, Mark Goddard and and June Lockhart and and always Marta Kristen thought that they didn't utilize her enough, which I have to agree with. I think her problem was she was so beautiful that they just wanted to show her like a China doll. They wanted to show her off. Don't touch. Don't let her speak. I mean, they they really, that was a, I don't know, Erwin Allen, I don't know who was behind that, but she was right about that. And then also, um, oh God, Penny Robinson, I can see her. She was also in the iconic movie. Let's see. Of, wait a minute, Angela Cartwright. I almost said Veronica Cartwright, who is her sister. Angela Cartwright. They carved them all out, basically. And the show became Bill Moomy, Will Robinson, Jonathan Harris, Dr. Zachary Smith, and the robot. And then whatever thing they were taking on in that particular episode, it really um, it went crazy. But so Wyoming voters, Wyoming voters telling CNN, hell no, reminds me of Sharknado. Oh, hell no. Let me see if I can find it. Will Siri have the dignity to even know? Sharknado. Oh, hell no. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Sirianna, I don't blame you. That's beneath your dignity. I'll have to look it up during the break. I'm I'm starting to believe that Sharknado 2 was not, oh, hell no. Sure I, I know you don't understand. I, I don't expect you to understand. It's Sharknado. Sorry. Bad question. All right. We'll be back. It's uh, 30. Uh, uh, Siri, no, there's nothing else you can help me with at the present time. But stand by because you never know when I'll need you next. We'll be back. Don't go away. And as always, don't try this at home. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is your Mayor of the Morning. And we thank you so much. We have some good news we'll share with you at some point this morning. Three stories you can follow. Political violence, our interview with Congressman Jeff Andrew. Atlantic City Mayor supports Jim Sarkos for Chief of Police. Also, Atlantic City has received and will receive millions in federal funding. We have the story. No one else has reported it. And believe it or not, the most expensive city rent-wise to live in in all of America is right here in New Jersey. And you've been reading that story. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. It's a nice morning. Temperatures in the 70s at this point. It is going to be a hot and humid Tuesday for you. High of 92 with sun and passing clouds. Maybe a little quick shower at some point this evening. Mainly clear tonight. Otherwise, low of 70. And tomorrow we lose some of the humidity. It'll be mostly sunny and dry and very warm with a high of 88. 90s on Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you have questions? WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, I did my Sharknado homework during the break. It wasn't wasn't hard, so I don't even want extra credit 
for this bonus assignment, but I didn't even realize I gave up on Sharknado. I tr- if I remember correctly, I tried to watch the fourth one, and it was so zany and crazy. I I loved Sharknado. Then there was Sharknado 2, which I thought was hilarious because they called it Sharknado 2, the second one. That's just, I think that's fantastic. Then Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. So I, I was correct. Uh, it, it was later. I just couldn't remember if it was third, if it was fourth. Number four, I should have remembered, but I stopped watching number four and didn't finish it. Called Sharknado 4, The Fourth Awakens. So I thought, that's good. Then you had number five. This also is a great title. Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. Fantastic. Then there was Sharknado 6. It did not appear to have um, an extra name, though. You know, usually it's like Sharknado 5, colon, Global Swarming. Sharknado 7, I didn't even know there was a 7. I'm not even sure I knew there was a 6th. So anyhow, that's the story. And that's what Liz Cheney with this hell no in terms of not supporting her reminded me of Sharknado. Oh, hell no. So today's the day I've been waiting for. I might even, I, I, I had to because I only had two hours sleep or less the night before last. So I did get a decent amount of sleep last night. And... That means maybe I can, I'll be up at 8 o'clock. I'm always up at 8 o'clock. I'll be up, but keep in mind, 8 o'clock, that's pushing it though, because I'm up at 2. So what, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2? That's if I fall asleep right at 8, which I never do, that's six hours. My goal was to fall asleep at 9, but lately I haven't been able to even do that, which isn't good. And I've come to the conclusion I just I've got a lot going on, a lot on my mind. Hey, wait a minute, hold on. Oh man, I should have hit that. Now I I got something sent to me that I don't even think is up yet. Hold on a second. Give me a sec. Fox News just sent me something. Questions. Is somebody questioning? Biden and this um, Ayman al-Zawahiri. Okay. Key terror plotters death in Kabul raises questions about al-Qaeda presence in Afghanistan. Al-Qaeda leader's death leads Congressman Mike Waltz to question why bin Laden's successor was in Kabul. Some say Kabul. K-A-B-U-L, but I believe it's pronounced Kabul. These are the things you need to leave to your trained broadcasting specialist. So anyhow, I I believe at 8 o'clock tonight, there will be no, um, it's too close to call. Uh, At 8 o'clock tonight, or whenever the polls close in Wyoming, what time is it right now in the state of Wyoming? It's 4.40 a.m. in Cheyenne, Wyoming. All right, so it's two hours. Ah, that's not going to be good. I better not be awake at 1040 or 10 o'clock, rather. It's it's um, two hours earlier. I was hoping it was only one. 
All right. So, but I wake up. Usually, if I fall asleep by nine-ish, sometime in the nine o'clock hour, I usually wake up once before midnight. But I don't even have to worry about it. It's over. She has zero chance. She's begging Liz Cheney. She's begging Democrats to vote for her. How sick is this? So once again, as I always tell you, everything subjective always goes against President Trump. Everything objective typically falls his way. His track record is incredible, and he gets no credit for it. I mean, for example, tonight, if Arizona doesn't go with the candidates that Trump has endorsed, Lake for governor, who I think would be fantastic. That's who I'd like to see. The other one looks um, almost like she belongs in Martha's Vineyard, uh, like a snobby Kennedy-type thing. I like the Kennedy, so I don't, I don't mean it like that. Then why'd you say it? But I'm talking about snobs from a certain part of the country. But either one is going to win, I hope. And I mean win the general. But I'd like Lake to win for governor. For a lot of reasons. Very media savvy. If you don't know, she was in the media, a news anchor. Very good at delivering messaging. It's been really, really rough and tumble in Arizona. And there's what I don't like. There are certain races that are so polarizing, so bad that then you have a divided party. This Mark Kelly is really beatable. The Democrat for governor, really beatable. The only way the Republicans will lose is if they do what they're capable of at times, either picking the wrong candidates like a Sharon Angle uh, and uh, why am I forgetting her name? The uh, Christine O'Donnell in Delaware races. They had no business losing. And that kept Democrats in power several years longer in the majority. I'm very concerned about. Oz is a terrible candidate right now. I guess there's time to turn it around, but, you know, there's not a lot of time, 97, 98 days. And Herschel Walker, I mean, losing to Warnock would be a disgrace. Guy's terrible. But I have been waiting, and I don't do this very often, but I have been waiting for the voters of Wyoming to throw Liz Cheney out with the dirty bathwater. Pull the plug, drain it. Buh, bye. Two words. Buh, B-U-H. Bye. I'll put an E at the end. B-Y-E. Buh, bye. Get out. And then don't worry, though, because she'll be on CNN or MSNBC or something like that. Let's go to the Republican opinion. Hi. Hi, it's me. Hi. Hi, 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 She is going to be absolutely blown out tonight. Can't wait to tell you all about it tomorrow morning. I'll be practicing because I am. Early in the morning. 
WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Thank you. Welcome back. It's 49 minutes past the hour. Let's go to our 609-407-1450 phone lines and say good morning to my friend Tom. Hello, Tom. Morning, Harry. How you doing? Very well. I feel uh, especially chipper and inspired this morning. Because you finally got some sleep, huh? I did. Oh, my God. I didn't say anything yesterday. It was muscle memory. I got through it. I didn't complain once, but I was wiped out yesterday. Two hours sleep. And you know the deal because you, you've worked short hours or short sleep. Uh, you work long hours and sh- had short sleep. If you miss sleep one night, you're basically up for two days. It's simple math. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, it's it's like uh, jet lag, only worse. <laughs> Listen, I have a I have a question. There's a lot of things that I don't understand, but one in particular is if China is is or purports to be a superpower. Yep. Why why are they so afraid of one woman? Oh, it's a good point. Well, that's a good point, but that's not the question. It's it's the fact that an American leader. So if the speaker were Danny Hastert, they'd be, you know, ruffling their feathers the same exact way. It's not not because she's a woman or it's not a fear of one woman. They don't like our alliance with Taiwan. As you know, they believe that Taiwan is part of China. And so they're saber rattling right now. Uh, I guess today's the day she's going to be there. She had to go. You couldn't back down. Uh, so that really is the um, yeah. that's the that's the story. And she's legacy building because really she caused trouble here. There was no reason to do this, but once once it got out, then you have to do it because America's prestige is on the line. Yeah, but I I, I don't understand why in in the propaganda war. Why doesn't somebody, the press or a politician, pose that as, as a uh, scenario? In other words, call what? Uh, China, President Xi, uh, misogynist? Well, to a degree. Yeah, I mean, they would... I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not hooked on the fact that she's a woman. She just happens to be a woman and she's the speaker. It's the fact that the Speaker of the House, third in succession to the presidency, uh, is going to be paying an official diplomatic visit to Taiwan that um, upstages China. It embarrasses China. They don't want it. And they, 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 we're, you know, we're in this dancing on the head of a pin where China thinks Taiwan's with them. Taiwan thinks they are independent. Uh, we support Taiwan. China doesn't like that. And so it's this kabuki theater yeah it's a it's a shame you know that they're starting to do more of their quote-unquote saber rattling it just reminds me of of advice my father gave me years ago and that you know how to deal with a bully yeah you punch him in the nose right punch him right in the mouth (laughs) there's no doubt about it bullies usually aren't tough either uh, they cry. <laughs> they cry. Oh, what you hit before? My nose hurts. You knocked out my tooth. But um, I do point this out, Tom, something I know you've noticed. The last 18 months, look at how Iran, 
North Korea, China, Russia. Look how they all have become emboldened. Trump, who was going to get us in all kinds of trouble, got us in no trouble, actually kept these lunatics in check. Biden, who had 50 years of great experience, and he was honest Joe, steady hand Joe. He was going to resolve all the problems in the world. Look at he, he has set the world on fire. Yep. And there was no Americans lost in Afghanistan during his Trump. What was it, the last year? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be listening, Harry. Thank Thanks you. for the uh, conversation. Thank you, my friend. Have a good day, buddy. You, you too, pal. See ya. Take care. 609-407-1450. I was not going to have open forum because I have about 100 things that I wanted to share with you, including how you you I don't think you'd be surprised as a listener of this program, but you have two thirds of all Americans now living paycheck to paycheck. And here's where it's really going to get interesting. Even top wage earners are becoming stretched thin. I'll tell you what, this is not a moment too soon, this regime change that we're going to have, because Biden, they, Harris, I'll throw her in there too, why not? They have broken this country. This is really getting very, very serious. And I know no one wants to hear it, but wait until after the summer. There's going to be layoffs and all kinds of problems. This is not what they're trying to portray, this strong this this labor market is terrible right now. This is the most deceiving 3.6% unemployment ever recorded. You got to look at the work participation rate. This is not as advertised. They cannot use the labor statistic as a plus in order to explain away that it's not a recession. Because oh no, it's not just two uh, negative quarters of GDP. No, no, there's all these other factors. Like if the unemployment is really or if the employment is really strong, then you're not in a recession. The employment is not really strong. And I'm telling you, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about over the next couple of months. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Morning. Um, you were talking about uh, Pelosi. Wasn't it just uh, and maybe you mentioned this and I missed it. Wasn't it just. Six months ago that Nancy Pelosi told the um, uh, Olympic athletes not to do anything to anger the Chinese because they're ruthless. Isn't she something that's a very I did not remember that, although when you bring it up, I clearly remember that that is a fact. She did say it. And now look what she's done. But see, she knows in a couple of months she's being retired. She's done. There'll be big smiles. You'll have um, the new speaker, Kevin McCarthy, uh, and then he'll have some big uh, gavel. It'll look like, you know, like Acme size, Wiley Coyote Roadrunner size. And then there'll be big smiles and all of that. But Nancy Pelosi is being retired. She knows it. And she wants this as a part of her legacy. I think it's a really irresponsible thing that she's done. But the moment, Andy, it became a matter of public record, then I immediately support the fact that she had to go because not going would have been weaker and worse than going. That's true. 
but I just use that to point out the hypocrisy. And I, I really think um, I agree with you. She's trying to, um, she knows she's being thrown out. And I think she, she's, she's going to try to parlay this trip into something for her when she's, you know, thrown out of her speakership. Uh, you know, it's going to be one of these things like, you know, look at what they did to her. This, this woman who, who, who risked her life for her country and she went to China. Well, and, and, Andy, it doesn't even have to be that dramatic. It could just be that she demonstrates what a great friend to Taiwan she is. And then when she's no longer speaker, she goes there and gives a speech for five, ten million dollars or whatever. It might be something very, very simple, not not so grand at all. No. Well, I remember when she invited everybody to come out and party in Chinatown because yeah. because uh, there's no problem here, you know, during 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 COVID. So uh, the other thing, you know, I don't know if you have this statistic because I'm all over this and I agree with you. You talk about the unemployment, the low unemployment rate. Yes. Well, remember, I would I would I'm going to toss a number out there. I don't know. I bet you that 40% of the businesses in this country closed permanently after COVID. Yeah, the number, so, the number it's really tough because I don't think there's ever been a full, complete accounting, like on a spreadsheet. But I, I know it's at least one-third closed forever. Okay. Restaurants, gyms, things like that. Okay, so... If one third of the businesses closed, that means one third of those jobs are gone forever. Which let me let me we're we're down to like twenty seconds, Andy. This is my whole point. When Biden and his press secretary and these other liars in the media keep bringing up, it's not a recession because the employment market is so strong. We have not even filled. We're not at pre-pandemic levels. We're less than before the pandemic. This is not strong, what they're trying to make look strong. Kirk Conover is next. That's the first hour. I'm Hurley in the morning on South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. All because of you. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's seven minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover is here. Chuck Malamut joining us one hour from now about your financial matters. And uh, Dr. Mark Newkirk for the first half of the nine o'clock hour programming note. We will be with you tomorrow uh, for seven consecutive hours as we host the Daily Hurley in the Morning program. And then we will turn the Brian Kilmeade program over to us. As I fill in tomorrow for Brian, which I'm really looking forward to, we have a very, very good program already put together. We've got almost every single segment of the three-hour program done. 
more than a day in advance, uh, and today we'll fill it all in. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be a big, big news day, and of course we're going to be able to talk about six different states that are having primaries today, including I cannot wait to announce tomorrow morning that Liz Cheney has been voted out by her own party, who said not only no but hell no to Liz Cheney. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I don't wish time away, but I wish it was tomorrow right now. All right, so my first question for Kirk Conover, and we predicted it on this program during an appearance with Kirk, that we would see a second quarter of negative GDP, and we did, and that Biden and his band of liars, they would simply reinvent new language to say we're not in a recession and kirk they went and did it yes they did and it's uh part of the dishonesty in uh the biden administration the president himself and his economic advisors are just uh, thorough propagandists by the way, some of them are even people that said that a recession is two quarters of negative GDP, or as they like to call it, two quarters of negative growth, which I hate, as you know, uh, because to me that, that you should say it right. It's like uh, back to the future when uh, Biff says, make like a tree and get out of here. And his grandfather tells him, stop saying it like that. You sound stupid. It's make like a tree and leave. So they lie and that's why I've coined the expression. I think I coined it. Uh, lie, I didn't put it through any patent office or anything, but I think I coined it. Liars who lie about lying. Because even, I mean, Bill Clinton said it. Barack Obama said it. Everybody has said it. Ten out of ten recessions have been greeted with two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. And they just completely disavow that which we know. But, Kirk, here's the... Um, the the real headline though nobody's buying that they're saying it but nobody's buying it well nobody's buying it because it's patently false and the what you have here is a clear economic contraction of 2.5 percent over six months and there's no other way to say it but that's recessionary i mean the business cycle is Recession, recovery, expansion, and then you go into contraction again. So it's just not the not the way to run the presidency, not the way to run the federal government. You got to be honest and come up with you know ideas and plans that uh, address what's causing the contraction. And but but their problem is. They don't think there is a problem. They they don't acknowledge anything. And, of course, nothing is their fault, and it can't possibly be their policies. So what do they come up with? We have this um, runaway inflation at 9.1%, which I believe is even higher than that, and that that number is, is not correct. But that's the number that they report. That's the number we'll go with. It's still terrible. And let me read um, – you'll, you'll appreciate this, Kirk, and they're – much more liberal now than they were when you were there. The University of Pennsylvania's Wharton Business School released a budget model, and this is about the uh, so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which is hilarious because it does just the opposite. It raises taxes, which you never do, 
during such a time as we're in right now. But of course, everything they do is opposite. So of course, they're raising taxes. Biden promised it would never be on anybody except those above 400,000. I still reject that as bad for the country. But we now know that two thirds of it over time will be paid for in taxes by lower wage earners. So he's been called out on that by people willing to be intellectually honest. So what do you think, Kirk, of the Inflation Reduction Act? More Orwell speak, you know, uh, freedom of slavery, that kind of thing that, uh, you know, George Orwell made famous in his novel 1984. This is exactly what's going on here. They're manipulating the language to mislead the American people. And like you said, nobody's buying it. I mean, the how many people have to say that the three trillion dollars of new spending that the Biden administration jammed through um, in the first, you know, few months of them being in power, where the Fed had to finance it by creating digital dollars. How many people have to say that that's what caused the inflation? Plus, putting the clamp on uh, our energy industry. Those two factors alone are what caused the inflation, and this new so-called <laughs> whatever they call it is I can't. inflation reduction act which of course it actually increases inflation it increases taxes kirk do you agree with me that the university of pennsylvania's wharton business school is much more liberal now than when you went there oh yeah when i went there everything was straight paper i mean they you know they concentrated on you know, teaching you the ins and outs of finance, the stock market, uh, marketing and management. There was no political tilt at all. Yeah. So the reason I bring it up is not to just take, you know, ad hominem attacks at um, another liberal institution because they are. uh, But it is that they did their own budget model and, quote, they have a very low level of confidence that the legislation will have any positive impact on inflation. So, in other words, it's no good. And even liberals are saying it's no good. And incidentally, Larry Summers, who no one in the Democrat media would quote when he said that a recession was coming, now they're quoting him all over the place by saying that this particular piece of legislation, which is what, in the $400 billion range. See, they make it, Manchin's trying to say, hey, it could have been like $1.9 trillion. They're making now hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars look like we're catching a break, like it's small. See how they do this, Kirk? Yeah, and uh, it's, it's going to be never-ending because that's the philosophy of this contemporary Democrat Party. They believe in, uh, you know, government doing things, even though what needs to be done right now is the government to get out of the way of the private sector. Yeah, And you know what the Democrats also support? Maybe we can talk about this, Kirk, on the other side of the break. We're at 15 minutes past the hour. You have Gavin Newsom, who's clearly running for president. Everything he does, you know, from walking in the in the uh, the White House grounds on the White House grounds with his jacket off, you know, like he's the president, uh, to everything he's doing. And it's amazing how you can run a state so horrifically bad, as poorly as he has done. So now he has has officially declared 
monkeypox an emergency. Now, there's only 5,000 cases in the entire country, so they're not all in California. I don't even know. Is it a couple hundred people in California? Maybe maybe a 1,000? I don't know what the number is, but I want you to comment on this on the other side of the break, Kirk. I mentioned this in an interview that I've done recently. I can't remember who I was speaking with at the time, but the Democrats always – oh, I know who it was. It was Dr. John McGee yesterday on the program – The Democrats need an emergency at all times now. They see the power that you can take when you call something an emergency. So there always has to be an emergency. So Gavin Newsom, it's sort of a twofer. It's like he's acting like a president already. I declare an official emergency. Like like he's ahead of the whole country. You know, if if you're going to call declare an emergency, why don't we go through the right channels Uh, This certainly hasn't risen to the level where it would be an emergency with several thousand cases. And it's it's limited, it appears, in how you can even contract it. It's 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 very it's not like aerosol. It's not like covid-19 where you can walk down the aisle of ShopRite and bam, you know, three days later, you pop positive. Uh, This is very different than that. I'm not saying it's. It's not serious. It should be, you know, dealt with and they have vaccines and they have things, but it's not a national emergency. And I don't believe it's an emergency in the state of California, but this is the new Democrat playbook. Call an emergency on anything because then you can take away the people's constitutional rights. It's got to has to stop. I, I said this early in the pandemic that my concern is they have a level of power now that they're never going to want to go back. They'll, they'll feel so inadequate. They'll feel so wanting that they don't have this supreme dictatorial powers. It's very dangerous, and it will cause us to lose our country. Kirk, your thoughts on that next. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. You know, if you look at the resulting tax hike, for example, we did not raise taxes. Manchin was on Fox News Sunday. Yes, they did. As they did this deal, as he did this deal with Schumer. You know, he means the deal wouldn't raise the top tax rates, but it does impose a 15% corporate minimum tax. And the resulting tax hike, $313 billion, thereby targets companies whose business is capital intensive, meaning they have to invest heavily to function. So, for example... If you look at what the Wharton School of Business is saying, UPenn, the breakthrough U.S. legislative deal, key parts of it, won't reduce inflation at all, according to the UPenn study. Not at all. Not one bit. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. More inflation and $30 trillion in debt. It's looking like 2008 all over again. Millions of Americans watched their retirement savings disappear, while those who invested in physical gold and silver were protected. And if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, you could be at risk again. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to their retirement savings. So call 855-815-GOLD, G-O-L-D, to get a free gold IRA kit and learn how you could get $10,000 or more in free silver to protect your retirement savings. 
Goldco is the company Sean Hannity and I recommend for gold and silver, and they've helped place nearly $1 billion in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008, so don't wait. Call Goldco today. Call 855-815-GOLD. 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-G-O-L-D. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity had the same take that we did, uh, unheard, unseen. I didn't know he said it. He certainly didn't know I said it. And it's, it is what it is. All right, we left you with a, uh, a, a cliffhanger on the floor as we pivoted to the last break. We come out of it with uh, former New Jersey Assemblyman Kirk Conover, who is with us every Tuesday morning in the 7 o'clock hour for decades. And uh, if he'll keep coming, I hope we can do this for decades to come together. And I do want to thank all of our listeners at WPG Talk Radio 95.5 for once again making this station the number one news talk radio station in all of South Jersey. You've done it again. So we thank you. Um, and we know it's all because of you. Kirk, right before the break, uh, I mentioned that I just believe this. I believe it's provable, and I want to get your opinion on it, that Democrats, and I, I worried about this from the beginning when when the the pandemic first came of age, and I said, well, I understand it for a period of time because you got to get things done fast, and we don't know what's coming next. And there were a lot of unknowns, and a lot of people were getting sick, and a lot of people were dying. And we, you know, so you you accept this for a certain period of time, but in a democratic republic such as ours, where freedom and liberty uh, is really built in, it's baked into the into the deal, into the contract. Uh, this does not compute over any extended period of time and we're altering actually the whole country when we allow this to take place like this so my my theory has been democrats will always want an emergency so they can forever change our country and take away citizens rights and freedoms and so on what is your opinion well that's the playbook of of the left and the contemporary uh, National Democrat Party has has fallen right into it uh, because they see what can be done to the people uh, when there is these so-called emergencies. You know, they've been touting, uh, you know, there's a climate emergency for, you know, since Al Gore first raised it in, I don't know, 1988, something like that. So they've been working with that and then the, the pandemic and they'll figure out some way to do it because that is the playbook. Um, and well, that's Gavin Newsom with the monkeypox. It's a twofer for him. He thinks it gives him leadership cred at the national level to, to be the next Democratic nominee for president. I get what he's doing. But at the same time, it is their playbook, even for those who, you know, will continue with the state, the county or whatever level you can take these liberties you can do it right down to the local level you tell someone hey i need to do this for you or you could die people for a period of time will put up with a lot i think we have hit the beyond the breaking point though where people want freedom back they don't want any more of this stuff even crazy liberal nuts areas of the country that were ready to go back to masks and things like that they back off it in a hurry when when their own people say no 
we're not taking this anymore. You're not doing that again. We will not let you get away with that again. Kirk, I also brought up in the last hour, and I think this really needs to be uh, a point of emphasis going forward because I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. There's no uh, break in sight for rising prices. Everything is so expensive and even less of it, yet it costs more. The latest trick I saw, anybody out there, go look at your basic two-liter bottle of soda. I'm not a soda drinker, so it's of no you know, direct impact to me. But it's, it's not even filled nearly to the top. It used to be you have a little bit of airspace uh, between like right below the cap and then there'd be a line, the thinner neck, and then a little bit of space in the wider areas. It starts to get wider and wider. I can't believe it. And it isn't just one bottle. I looked at 10 different bottles. I was shopping the other day. I said, oh my God, I hadn't seen this because I don't buy soda. And I said, this is unbelievable. And everything is a trick right now. The bottle's the same size, but there's, so it's a two liter bottle. They're not lying, but there can't be two liters in there unless somehow the bottle is bigger and there is two liters and there's just more space in it, but it doesn't look right. It, it, it actually looks like they've been opened and people took like a big swig out of it. So all these tricks are going on. Less costs more and the whole bit. But Kirk, here, here is the, the most important point for you to respond to. All that is just fun and, you know, fun facts. Almost two-thirds of the American people are now living paycheck to paycheck. Even top wage earners are in that and stretched thin. This is a serious problem, Kirk. Yeah, and it indicates how uh, felonious the, uh, um, you know, the, the labor market unemployment rate is as a measure of economic distress that America is experiencing. You know, when you have people just disappearing from the workforce, workforce participation rated at the lowest it's ever been, uh, it's not a healthy wage uh, market, not a healthy labor market. And, you know, when this administration goes out there and say, well, you know, we have... Yeah, it's not a recession because we're at 3.6%, but, Kirk, we haven't even filled the jobs that were in place prior to the pandemic. So we're not even back to zero. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, the cruelest thing is the fact that there has been some wage increase, but nowhere near the rate of the reported rate of inflation. And and as you and I have discussed that rate, if measured the way they did it in 1980, the rate of inflation would be 16, 17%, not 9.1. And Kirk, more than half the country right now, this shouldn't come as a surprise, two-thirds of the country is paycheck to paycheck. More than half the country, it's like 54%, are buying less food than they used to because they can't afford it. We have millions of Americans. I don't remember what the, the, the exact estimate is, but it's millions. Millions of Americans that are skipping one meal a day. This This is... And and then we have all these illegals that we're taking care of. This is a disgrace. Well, it's a, a self-inflicted economic uh, disaster created by, uh, you know, unprincipled policies 
of the Democrat, you know, tax and spend machine. And it's all, you know, based on the agenda, the climate change cult and, and all just to gather power, uh, for the Democrat party. They have become the socialist party of America. Yeah. And there are really no moderates left. Uh, even the ones that say that they're moderate, you know, they'll, they get strong armed and flipped uh, real easy. Well, look what Joe Manchin did. This guy said he wouldn't raise taxes on anyone. You don't do that during uh, a recession. And now he's raising taxes on millions and millions of people. It's he, He's a disgrace. I hope Kirsten Cinema just completely blows them away if she were to come out. I don't know that she will. She's certainly not going to do it, you know, today on election day, but she should. I mean, she could save the Democrats from themselves. But I don't I don't think she has the courage to do it. I hope I'm wrong. Kirk, when we come back, big election today in Arizona. I'm interested in Lake versus her opponent and and the um the U.S. Senate race and all that. But I'm really looking forward to Liz Cheney being absolutely soundly rejected today, which will show that the people that know her best do not approve of what she has been doing on this January 6th circus show. I want to get your take on that, Kirk, when we come back right after this. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 31 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley, three stories that you can follow right now on our app. Political violence, our exclusive interview with Congressman Van Drew, who we will interview tomorrow at 11.06 on the Brian Kilmeade Show when I fill in. Uh, Don't miss that. It's going to be definitive. The Atlantic City Mayor supports Jim Sarkis for Chief of Police. Atlantic City also, in a separate story I've written, has... uh, been receiving millions in federal funding and believe it or not the most expensive city rent wise in america is in new jersey.com from the town square new jersey info and weather network i'm chief meteorologist dan zarrow today is going to end up 10 to 15 degrees warmer than yesterday as the sun comes out and thermometers get cooking again high temperature 92 today even the beaches look hot we'll see sun with passing clouds Maybe a quick shower somewhere as we get into this evening. Mainly clear tonight, low is 70. 88 tomorrow, so very warm but not as humid, mostly sunny and dry. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Back to Kirk Conover in just a moment. This portion of Early in the Morning brought to us in part by my friends, at ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals if you're seeing i know this is hard to take it's the summer's flying by if you're seeing the back to school commercials it's almost time but there are still plenty of hot days still ahead ambient comfort is offering a back to school discount of 50 dollars off any repair to your air conditioning system or your heating system before labor day we've talked about the seven signs that your system may need repair Did you take notes? If not, we'll just quickly go through a couple of them. If you're not comfortable or you suspect a problem, and you'll know, it's not keeping up, it's hot in the house, humid, you know, if it never shuts off, recycling all the time, don't wait, call Ambient Comfort before a minor problem 
becomes a major one. You can trust Ambient Comfort to keep your family cool for the rest of the summer. They can repair any system regardless of who originally installed it to help you save energy and to increase the life of your system. They're giving a $50 off discount. So if your system is getting bad grades, call Ambient Comfort before Labor Day and save $50 off any repair. Visit digitallyambientcomfortnj.com. That's ambientcomfortnj.com or call 856-213-6586. Tell them Harry Hurley sent you. We are back with Kirk Conover. Chuck Malamut will be joining us right after the top of the hour. Dr. Newkirk at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. And then we'll have some fun on the phone lines in the second half of the 9 o'clock hour. Kirk, what is on your mind? Let me give you an opportunity to comment about whatever you want to comment. Well, just uh, commenting on the last thought you threw out there about Liz Cheney and the January 6th committee. I mean, that... That committee is pure political propaganda. Their whole goal is to disqualify Donald Trump from running for president again, whether they can do it legally somehow. I don't think so. But let me comment on that for a quick second. I mean, imagine having a star chamber process. There's no cross-examination of any witnesses. You had Secret Service agents who came out publicly, very unusual, as you know. They're never heard from came out publicly to say that what this chastity or whatever her name is, Hutchinson, Cassidy Hutchinson, uh, said is not correct. And everything she testified to under oath was hearsay. None of it would ever be allowed. She doesn't have any firsthand knowledge of anything. And they made her out like she was some blockbuster superstar witness. Imagine if an attorney would have had the opportunity to cross-examine her. Uh, Ms. Hutchinson, you never heard any of this, right? No, no. I mean, you don't have any direct knowledge to any of this. You are sharing all these things that you say other people told you, right? I mean, it's really incredible when you think about it. Not a single witness to challenge any of their witnesses. And of course, it's a setup. We know that. We're not stupid. And then they don't want to know anything about, like, why didn't they call Pelosi? Why didn't they call the mayor of Washington, D.C.? When President Trump offered you 10,000 or more Capitol Police officers because there was chatter in advance, it's not a surprise that this happened. They knew something was going to happen. There was no secret here. Why didn't they take the help? Why aren't they on the hook for having to explain? So anytime, if you're doing like September 11th hearings, you have an equal number of Democrats, equal number of Republicans, Republican chair, co-chair, Democrat chair, you know, respect shown to both sides, uh, challenging things that, that you just don't let them stand. You have to challenge them. This committee has never been challenged anything. And then what? It's going to it's supposed to disqualify someone from running for president. What a joke, Kirk. Yeah, she's doing a disservice to her father, too. If you remember back when the. Uh L.A. riots were going on the over the Rodney King verdict. Uh, you know, President George H.W. Bush and Dick Cheney were criticized for not deploying the National Guard right away. 
And her father was clear. He said, they have to, we've put them on alert, but they have to be activated by the governor of the state that is requesting their help. So she's even, you know, disrespecting him because, you know, part of this whole January 6th thing is he should have uh, deployed the National Guard, you know, and again, it gets back to the fact of trying to say he incited it and let it happen and all this. And Well, what happened was she crossed the Rubicon and there was no turning back. So then she had to go all in. Now she only basically appears on Democrat programs. And when she loses, and I guaranteed a long time ago, and I guarantee it here and now, not only is she going to lose tonight, she is going to lose spectacularly badly. Uh, then the only place she can go is to her new woke friends, who I predict will still have time for her because if they can use her as the Republican alternative and she says the same things that they do and then in their their crazy fantasies they think that's fair let's go to uh you know schmidt let's go to lynn liz cheney i mean you know nobody's gonna buy it but that's her only home now what a what a terrible box to put yourself in <laughs> said buddy yeah i'm i'm surprised yeah he's <laughs> He's running around. He's doing a zoom. I think I think Buddy was very interested in what I just said, and and it was a perfect exclamation to the point I made. <laughs> I'm surprised she hasn't uh, converted to Democrat already. Well, no, you can't. But you yeah. can't do that because there's a Democrat nominee. Her only play, Kirk, and it's embarrassing, was begging Democrats to vote for her in the Republican primary. How how pathetic is that? It's terrible. And the real shame of it is her actual voting record on issues that count in the House is like 95% conservative. Well, she voted with Trump 100% of the time. Yeah, and this is the only thing that's thrown her off track. But it shows you that when you become Trump deranged, you will throw your entire career away. You will throw your entire newspaper away, your magazine your digital uh, platform. The Trump derangement is real. And it's a shame because Trump's policies worked. Yeah. Prior, prior to the pandemic and the, and the lockdowns in the big blue states that caused the supply chain disruptions, the economy was doing fine. And wages were growing. There was low inflation. I think the inflation in February of 2020 was 1.3%. Uh, totally manageable. There was even talk that, oh, my gosh, it could go into deflation, which, yeah. you know, that's a, a serious condition, too. <laughs> yeah, the other way. Kirk, hold it right there. 46 minutes past the hour. Final break. We'll be right back. Please don't go away with Kirk Conover. I am respectfully yours, Hurley in the morning, and this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. Once again, South Jersey's number one talk station.
Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM. 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. 51 minutes past the hour. Kirk, I couldn't help but almost laugh, but it, it really was encouraging to me because the truth is catching up with these lies of um, all the woke prosecutors and DAs, and diff- as you know, in different areas they're called different things sometimes they're called prosecutors like we have or district attorneys that they have in different areas and so on so billionaire philanthropist george soros says it's not his fault that crime has risen in major cities where his organization has funded campaigns to elect these woke da's uh so you can tell they're all taking the heat kirk because this whole defund the police and you can go with your uh your ring uh, ring knife with the two blades and try to cut Zeldin's head off and you think you get out of jail five hours later and you do. Uh, people have grown very weary of this. I, I know a shopper that was in Atlantic City yesterday and it was in the early morning at a big box type uh, store and the person was just stuffing stuff. It was like the videos that you see online in California and elsewhere this has permeated all over the country, Kirk, that you can just steal with impunity and nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah, and you called it out uh, years ago what Soros was doing with this whole project of electing these left-wing loon prosecutors wherever they're elected. I mean, in New Jersey, they're appointed by the governor um, with consent of the, um, the legislature. But and also the Secretary of State project that he has put the left-wing loons in charge of secretaries of state around the country. I mean, they got to give them credit. They did it right under our noses. Very few people called them out. I called them out from the beginning. I said, whoa, if you go take 5% declination and turn it into 0.5 in Pennsylvania and in Georgia and elsewhere, you're going to have a different winner. I mean, they knew what they were doing. Yep. And it's all part of the whole left-wing lunacy of, you know, somehow there's something wrong with this country. When it's a perfectly functional country, you know, but the Democrats and the lefties, they want pure power. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, these uh, left-wing prosecutors are causing, uh, you know, disruption by rising crime rates. And that normally what you'd see a left-wing actor do is say well the crime's going up but if you put our people in power we'll 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 solve that but that's not that is not that's not happening the people are waking up they're responding to it the fear of crime is permeating um it's radiating out from these big blue uh, states and cities and that's the prime directive of government. You can't have liberty unless you have some form of uh, 
order and security. So the people are waking up. Soros is being called out. And, uh, you know. And, are- and by the way, that's why I bring this up. He had to speak out because it shows we're winning. This is all getting out. And he feels the need to say, oh, no, it's not me. I, I didn't do it. I didn't have nothing to do with any of this. Let me in the final minutes that we have, Kirk. We have about um, three minutes. So we can give you a good amount of time to respond to this. The vice president, I find to be one of the most unqualified, bizarre situations I've ever seen. She has a substantial number of people leaving, including now her speechwriter. And if her speechwriter ever wrote any of that stuff that she actually says when she repeats one word five, ten times in one minute, I, I mean... If that's in a speech, my God, I don't even know what to say. But in a year and a half, she's been unable to find any satisfactory role for herself. She's at such a low in in the polls, even lower than Biden. She's at, I think, 26 percent in a Quinnipiac poll. And they're Democrats. Biden's at 31 percent in that poll what a failure she is. Yeah, it's all because throughout her career, it's been her appearance and who she knew to get where she is. And it's a shame that uh, meritocracy has lost its way in the Democrat Party. But uh, that's what you get when you pick people based on their appearance. And it, it's uh, showing, you know, she she makes as many idiotic statements as Cory Booker does, <laughs> you know, and that's saying something. Yeah, it's rare, rare company. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. But it's uh, you know, if Biden uh, actually thought this thing out, it's probably his best defense against the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Nobody wants to see her as president. Well, you know, that you that's know. I'm telling you, and maybe he maybe he actually knew that because I know his wife is not happy with this pick at all. I mean, you would think you could pick somebody that didn't call you a racist and aggressively come after you with that. Uh and who who was better than 1% in the polls that left the election in 2019 didn't even make it into the full election year of 2020. Really um unbelievable. But I'm, I'm in agreement. I mean, I pray for Biden's health because she would be infinitely worse. Imagine her as president. That would be that would be so dangerous for our country. Final minute. Well, it would be dangerous. And uh, unfortunately, the Democrat policies are really the what's really dangerous. And as you and I discussed, we believe, uh, I think you agree with me, that Ron Klain and Susan Rice are actually running the show. Oh, that's why he's the prime minister. I, I absolutely concur with that. Yeah. yeah. Two people who don't even get confirmed by the Senate are running the country. Also very scary. Let yeah. me ask you this in, in, in final, uh, because we're, the music's going to play uh, and we'll be out of here. Uh, and it'll be Chuck's turn to play. And there is the music. Do you think there is a reasonable chance that Kirsten Cinema of Arizona will put the kibosh to this um, inflation, re- so-called Inflation Reduction Act? Or do you think they're going to get her vote 
and then get to use budget reconciliation and and unfortunately tax all kinds of Americans who can ill afford it. I think she will hold out. I, oh, I hope only so. say that. I hope so. Because well, she's holding out now, so who knows? I, I'm wondering if she's just waiting for the election to be over. But it's only a primary election, and the Democrat person is is not, you know, in any trouble. So um, oh, I hope you're right on that. I don't know. To be continued, Kirk. I, I can't wait to celebrate Liz Cheney's victory tomorrow. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. That wasn't a... From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Chuck Malamud is here to talk all about your financial matters. And the following program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck, welcome to your program. Time is yours. Market update. Good morning, Harry. How are you today? Good, and I know you're playing a little bit injured this morning, so uh, thanks for keeping uh, nah, all good. our date. Little little summer cold, but we all have that. That's you know right. That works, right. I, I understand. Um, so... Let's take a look at, um, at what happened last week. You know, stocks rallied again last week. Uh, the S&P was up 4.3%. It, it was the third week in the past four that we were up. Uh, and that was as a result of, of better earnings, than, uh, especially coming from big technology companies. Interest rates uh, on the long end of the curve continues to decline. And we've seen some valuation improvement. Um, Best sectors for the week were energy, up, believe it or not, 10%. Utilities up 6.5%. And the worst sectors were consumer staples, uh, still positive, up 1.6%. And healthcare, you know, up 2%. So, Harry, if we sort of draw a line in the sand and look at where we were or where we are, I guess, as of uh, this, this past Friday, year to date, uh, all indices still negative, but we have made some, some major improvement. Uh, Dow down 8.6%, S&P down 12.6%, the NASDAQ down 20 and a half. Uh, international stocks down about 15. And, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, bonds getting, you know, their day in the sun, so to speak. The 10 year treasury is actually down about, you know, 9% year to date. So, if you look at the sectors on an annualized basis, um, the best performing energy up almost 45%, utilities up 5%. The number three uh, is actually in negative territory, that's consumer staples, 
down two and a half percent. And the worst sectors happen to be communication services, consumer discretionary, information technology down anywhere from 17 to uh, to 27 percent. So that's sort of a a uh, brief summation as to what has what transpired last week. Chuck, before we get the S&P 500 and, and its July performance, and maybe that's part of what the answer will be, but I was reading and I, I, I'm not shocked because we every week we're on top of this stuff because of your show. But I think most people listening would be very surprised that numbers were actually achieved that were better than any since the year 2020. And that, I think, happened rather quietly, I guess, because all people are hearing about are negative things right now. But what do you attribute that to? Well, Harry, I think that, if anything, the market did, in fact, have uh, a, a nice rebound. You know, we, we put in six consecutive months of going lower and lower each and every month. And, and eventually that selling pressure does dry up to a certain extent. And the fact that now earnings aren't as bad as these analysts were projecting and what's really, uh, I think, caught the market's attention, a lot of the uh, forward-looking statements, the guidance that these companies are providing, they're not all good, that's for sure, but they're better than what the expectations were as we got into the beginning of the, you know, as we started the beginning of the reporting period. Great answer. Let's talk yeah. about us. Oh, go, go, please, please continue. No, no, no. So, so that, that kind of dovetails into, you know, the, the month of July. And then you, 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 uh, you just said it. The, the S&P was up 9.2% for the month of July. Uh, but as we mentioned before, it's still down about 12, a little bit over 12% year to date. And that the performance that the market put in for the month of July, it was the best monthly result that we have seen since uh since november 2020 so that's and then and the nasdaq performance was even better than um than what we saw in the uh, in the s p 500. very interesting uh so chuck i have to pose this because it 10 out of 10 times we've had negative gdp this has never been disputed ever uh but our white house and and some even in the media are trying to reinvent the definition of a recession. So I asked you, I'll ask you straight up. It's, I guess, I guess it's twofold. Are we in a recession? Yes or no. And also to talk about the inverted yield curve. Well, well, Harry, let me, uh, so I I don't know if I heard it from you or heard it, uh, some, somewhere else last week and that, uh, Wikipedia, changed the definition of a recession on july the 27th were you yeah. aware of that that was me i yes i was okay. aware of it yes it was you yes all right well there you, okay great so 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 real gdp was down nine tenths of one by the way by the way not only did they change the definition they then locked it for i think it's either three months or something like that so they they changed it to lock it so that that can be the definition and nobody can touch it Okay. Yeah, for those who don't know, the whole thing about Wikipedia is it's supposed to be organic and things change and you should be able to revise and amend and extend. Uh, but no, they changed the meaning. Uh, and really, it really shows that every aspect of our daily life 
is being manipulated in ways we've never seen before. So anyhow, I don't want to get too far afield with that, but that's true what I just said, and I thought it was um, uh, I thought it supported the um, the fact that the, now you don't you don't dispute. Are you are you satisfied that if we're a negative? GDP for quarter one, negative GDP for quarter two, that we are in a recession. Don't our financial markets, sobering as they are, uh, apolitical as they are, don't they proceed that one plus one equals two? Facts matter, right? I, I want to say yes. Uh, but but when you look at the at, at real GDP, it was down nine-tenths of one percent in the second quarter. And again, the second straight quarter declined in under under historical standards or definitions that would quote put us in a recession um we had slowdowns it was broad-based with slowdowns in inventory rebuilding residential non-residential construction capital spending um and, and it was marginally offset by gains the consumer still is spending harry uh however with with this higher inflation that we're seeing and i think we all clearly get it because we're at the, at the grocery store buying fuel, uh, these prices are, are sky high. And then these higher mortgage rates, although they've come down a little bit in the last week or so, that has slowed down the housing market. And last but not least, you know, with the strength of our U.S. dollar, that's hurting, that has hurt ex- exports. Um, so having said all that, y- you know, we're going to probably stay subdued for the, for the remainder of this year. And, and while, you know, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth may lead to, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, strategists, analysts saying, you know, use the word recession, you know, according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, and we talked about this last week, um, you know, all of a sudden, they're saying, well, wait a minute, that's, that's really not the case here. <laughs> um, you know, so, so, so their definition is, is a lot broader. Uh, declines in employment, industri- and declines in industrial production, declines in household income, and declines in trade. I, I and, sense. And- I believe it. I believe that for purely political reasons only, for the first time in history, they're not going to call this a recession. Because for those who don't know, and Chuck, we're going to go to the break. I'm going to put you um, held harmless to this comment. So my- Chuck's mic is turned down. And this is just me saying this, but it is, it is fact based. It's not it's not opinion talk. And I never do that. I try not to do that during Chuck's program. But we we have a situation where things that have never, ever been done before are actually taking place. And I predict and a reminder. See, a lot of people don't know this because you don't need to know it. You know, it's my job. So I know it. This group that Chuck is talking about. They never announce that there was a recession until after the recession is over. Then you find out there was a recession. However, because we breathe and we live and we exist, we can't be we we are not we don't ignore the facts on the ground. And that is when we see two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, we know we're in a recession when two thirds of the American people are living paycheck to paycheck, we know we're in a recession. When 54% of the American people are spending less on food every week, every month than they did before, we know we're in a recession. So we don't need this tribunal of economic uh, geniuses to tell us months from now that which we are living, we're living history right now. Back with Chuck Malamut in just a little bit. 
for all of your financial planning needs, call 609-383-2010. Chuck Malamut and the Malamut Group at Morgan Stanley's Northfield, New Jersey office, 609-383-2010. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I am. Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. And I will add to that again because it was report card day and you did it again. And we are very, very grateful. We never take it for granted and we know it is only and all because of you. Chuck, all right, so we got the part about are we in a recession in... Now let's talk about the inverted yield curve. So, so Harry, um, each of the eight recessions that have occurred, um, you know, over, you know, since 1969, it, it has basically been proven when we have an inverted yield curve, uh, it's a reason that, you know, first that cre- that ultimately ends up in, in a recession. So if you take a look, and what does that mean? If you take a look at the two-year Treasury note right now, that is yielding 2.85%. Uh, the 10-year, and, and these rates have come down fairly dramatically over the last several weeks now. Uh, the 10-year rate is currently at 2.51. So when so when the two-year note yield exceeds the 10-year note yield, uh, that is considered, you know, yield curve inversion. And then what we have seen now, this has been these two notes, bonds have traded like this, Harry, for 18 consecutive trading days. Um, and and when you look at the, at the year to date, what has happened with the two-year note, that yield has quadrupled since the beginning of the year. Um, you know, and that's a result of reaction, you know, to the Fed rate hikes that are expected to hopefully drive down inflation. So the, you know, uh, again, we, we go back and we look and we ask, are, are we, are we in fact, um, at this point in time in a recession? The, you know, by historical standards and the inverted yield curve, I think that would tell us yes. Don't you agree? I totally agree. I'm even sold. I had, you had me at hello. I'm sold on two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Uh, and you just add on top of that. I always worry whenever, and, and it's, it is very infrequently over the 30 now in our 31st year together, Chuck, always concerned when I hear inverted yield curve because that just is, um, it's disruptive to me as a layperson because if, if, a, if a, a, an instrument, a financial instrument of a lesser time frame yields more than a longer term, uh, that's just that's bizarro world to me. It doesn't make any sense because it would, it certainly would not encourage a long term investment. Because if you can earn better for a shorter period, who's going to go with the one that's longer? You know, oh yeah, I'll go for ten years and lock it in when I could go for two years and and get a better yield. So it it's it's a disruptive factor, isn't it? It is, and I think what happens is you have to look you know, look down the road, so to speak, and when that, that short maturity matures, well, or shorter term position matures, where are rates at that point in time? Yeah. Uh, and if we, if we had all that figured out, this would be, 
you know, this would be a really easy game to play. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I don't think anyone can anyone can tell you that for sure. But the 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 very um, term, and we'll say it in 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 real real life, an inverted yield curve doesn't happen all that often, does it? We no, seem to talk about it a bit, but it doesn't really happen that often. Well, if you remember, pretty much from the beginning of the year, we we would talk about, we would talk about it on occasion. Yes, and uh, I think you said it very well that the yield curve inverted for thirty five seconds one day, and yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. you know, then the media is banging the table saying we have a recession, we have a recession, and all of a sudden that now that has that has stopped, and. This is virtually getting uh, no, I don't want to, publicity is not the right word, mileage, Harry, um, no media time, I guess is the best way to put it. It's being spent with respect to the inversion of the yield curve. I mean, the, the, I think if you were to you know, poll your wide wide range of listeners, the likelihood is that the majority of the people don't know that this is even happening. No. Because it's not being noted. And it should be. I agree with you. And, um, and I honestly didn't know it was happening until you told me. And I pay attention. So you're right. Nobody nobody really is paying attention. And, and I agree with you completely that we should be. Uh, if you're done with that, this is no surprise, but it's good to talk about it now that it's official and that it happened. The Fed delivered its three-quarter of a point increase, which was telegraphed. I mean, I think the only suspense drama was would they go a full point, but you were in agreement, we were in agreement that that, that wasn't going to happen and they would stay with this second consecutive three-quarter point increase. I think we'll do this right after the break because we're about a minute from the bottom of the hour break. Chuck, so when we come back, tell our listeners um, your thoughts on what lies ahead. Where do we go from here? We, we have, you know, this rate increase environment that's happening. Uh, how long do you see this going on? I mean, I think they've been telegraphing that this is going to go on for quite a while longer. And what does that mean? A whole lot to talk about. We'll unpack it with the man who I believe is the best in the business, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, for the Hurley family, for the Hurley in the Morning charity. Chuck Malamut, the managing director, he leads his team. The Malamut Group at Morgan Stanley's Northfield, New Jersey office. And the phone number to put in your smartphones, your Rolodex, wherever you keep your important numbers. And this is for, think about it, vacation planning, retirement planning, college building years for your children, and anything that you want to have and, and accomplish financially. It would be great, I believe, to sit down with Chuck and let him show you his concept of total asset management, how that works, coupled with the all-important asset allocation. And Chuck emphasizes that no matter what the financial environment at any given time is, because Chuck is about your long-term strategy, not not thinking five minutes, but thinking about for the rest of your life. So he's a very serious man, and he does a great job. That's why he's where he's at and, and honored with all the national acclaim that he has received as uh, a nationally um, decorated financial advisor as well. 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. If I've inspired you to call Chuck, tell him that. With Chuck Malamut, I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio app. Political violence, our interview, an exclusive interview with Congressman Jeff Andrew, who will be my guest tomorrow right here on the station at 11.06 a.m. when I fill in and guest host nationally for my friend Brian Kilmeade. The Atlantic City mayor supports supports Jim Sarkos for chief of police in Atlantic City. Also, Atlantic City receiving millions in federal funding. That's a separate story that we've written. And believe it or not, the most expensive city to live rent-wise. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. It's a nice morning. Temperatures in the 70s at this point. It is going to be a hot and humid Tuesday for you. High of 92 with sun and passing clouds. Maybe a little quick shower at some point this evening. Mainly clear tonight. Otherwise, low of 70. And tomorrow we lose some of the humidity. It'll be mostly sunny and dry and very warm with a high of 88 90s on Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. We're back. We continue. Chuck Malamud at 37 minutes past the hour. Uh, so let's see. Yeah, I know where we were. Uh, the Federal Reserve Board has increased the Fed funds rate by another three quarters of a point, or as they say in the business, 75 basis points. I'll leave those terms for the great Chuck Malamut. I'll I'll, I'll be the ordinary uh, regular Joe citizen that I am and say three quarters of a point. But if you hear 75 basis points, that's the same. That's analogous to uh, three quarters of a point. But most importantly, Chuck, people love the Malamut crystal ball. What lies ahead? So, Harry, the, the the Fed, I mean, the Fed, as you as you uh, just stated, came at three quarters of a point um, at the meeting, and and the fact of the matter is, when to quote Chairman Powell, we we are now at levels broadly in line with our estimates of neutral interest rates, and after front loading our hiking cycle. Until now, will be much more data dependent going forward. So, so the expectation is that you know there's going to be additional hikes. There's no meeting in August. The next meeting is in September, and when they do in fact come, um, you know it's it's not going to be as large as the last as as the last two hikes. Now, right after he made those statements last week. All the, the future pricing uh, pretty much traded where two-thirds of those that are making bets on interest rates were of the opinion that we're, the Fed will probably come with a 50 basis point increase in September. Uh, the other one-third, in fact, came back thinking there's going to be a 75 basis point increase. Now... The, the market's betting that 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 hawkishness that the that the Fed has taken that stand is 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 behind us now, um, and and maybe you know cuts. Believe it or not, Harry, cuts will occur in two thousand and twenty three. Wow. Whew. I'll tell you what. A lot to uh, a lot to process. A lot to digest. 
Certainly not a transitory uh, walk in the park, was it, Chuck? No, and look, Huey, we've talked about this, and you said it. You said it from the very beginning, and uh, there's just so many, you know, we, these paid government officials that have these, you know, uh, big jobs, I guess is the best way to put it, that is so terribly wrong. And, and uh, you know, you think about it, we're at 9.1. The Fed wants to be at 2 to 2.5%. Uh, it's probably a fairly easy path to get to about 45 to 5% inflation. Then you got some really tough sledding ahead of us, and I, I think that's going to probably end up, if the Fed wants to get to that target, then unfortunately, Harry, I think there's going to be a fair number of layoffs in order to get there. Wow. Painful. That's that's what I believe. I also um, don't support the um, the administration's uh, – I, I have to call it spin, Chuck. I don't want to, but I have to. Their spin about how employment – is such a factor and they 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 make it so good chuck we have not even filled all the jobs that we had prior to the pandemic so any jobs that have been uh coming on board uh, are still below where we were before we started so we're not even at zero we're not even back to the starting line yet so i think it's a very um deceiving and i don't use that word in a devious way it's 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 not the healthy number, you would think, oh, my gosh, 3.6% unemployment when the model, when it first came out, said you could never really get below 6% because either people who are unable or unwilling to work, they always felt 94% would be the highest you could ever get in terms of employment. So, my gosh, oh my, we're, we're nearly, what, you know, 2.4% below what they thought you could never get below. But, of course, as you know, we've gotten below 6% uh, prior to the pandemic as well. But my point is, it's an unhealthy 3.6%. Because if you look at the the work participation rate, it tells a different story. And also the jobs that have not been filled since the pandemic. We've been scratching just to get back to zero, if you will. So I don't look at that as a positive trait or a positive contributing factor where you could dispute, hey, look, even though there's two negative you know, quarters of GDP, we, we say it's not a recession because this employment is so strong. I don't think it is, Chuck. Do you um, do you buy into what I'm saying or do you disagree? Um, you know, I think you said it, you said it correctly. And then as you and Kirk have talked about in the past, it's, look at the number of people that have stepped to the sidelines and have said, look, we're not, we're not going back to work. Now, whether, whether that's because they can afford to do it or they just chose not to do it. Um, it's it's anybody's guess, and, and I think if you remember, just several months ago, there was a, a a war basically for new talent, and you know college grads right now are having a difficult task getting employed. Mm. So now it, it seems as if it's kind of shifted, maybe more towards, and I guess you'll see it more in this fall to the employer side versus the employee side. And, you know, that's because of this, you know, the, the, if you look at the labor market and you look at jobless claims, and we can hopefully cover that a little bit later, but, you know, kind of, you know, gets into the next topic I wanted to talk about, Harry, and that's, you know, we, we, let's talk about housing here for a second. I, I mean, if you, if you take a look 
at, at what is happening in the housing market. It's not a pretty picture. Um, you know, sales of new homes in our, in our country uh, fell by 8% in June uh, versus May. And that was the, uh, the lowest level that we've seen since the early months of the pandemic. And that's due to high prices, uh, rising mortgage rates. And ultimately that hurt affordability. At the same time, pending home sales also declined, falling about 8.6% in June versus May. And, uh, you know, also in May, the case Shiller U.S. Home Price Index rose about 20% uh, from a year ago. And, you know, you think about it, you know, can you afford a house that's 20% higher than it was a year ago? Um, so, and, and last but not least, you know, um, the Mortgage Bankers Association reported that the number of weekly mortgage applications fell, Harry, to its lowest level since uh, 2000. So I think what the Fed is doing here, um, you know, they're, they're, they're putting the brakes on and, you know, it's taking out certain parts of the, of the market um, along the way. And, and, you know, I think, Harry, let me, let me, I'll just ask you a question. If, if you were willing to, to buy an asset for a hundred dollars, you know, back in January, 2020, is that, is that double now? Is that worth twice as much as it was, you know, 18, 20 months ago? No. Probably not. And, but, but when you look at, 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 at housing, you know, when the pandemic started, the median sales price of existing homes sold in our country was about 265000 You know, just this past June, the median sales price of those of the same existing home sales, you know, reached the record of 416000 So I think you're going to price well, out. It was incredible, but I'll tell you what I just read yesterday, and I have no reason to think it's an outlier. I think it's just, unfortunately a next logical, you know, pin that's going to drop. Uh, the home prices are now dropping, and I've been told they're going to drop precipitously. I'm not saying back to 2008 when it went bananas and people were upside down and dropping keys and, you know, running for the hills. But unfortunately, uh, this is the byproduct of really bad economics. I mean, we, we borrowed and spent into oblivion and we're paying the price now, aren't we, Chuck? You know, Harry, we are. Um, we are. And, and I was, you know, I heard you last hour with Kirk and very, very disappointed to, uh, to, to chat about the, the, what, was, what was the build back better, the triple Bs, mm-hmm. is actually, you know, is DOA, dead on arrival. And now all of a sudden we, we have, I think it's incorrect, it's the Inflation... Reduction Act. <laughs> Thank you. Inflation Reduction Act. I know. You'll never remember it again. If it wasn't my job, I wouldn't because it's so oxymoronic. Uh, Chuck, if, if I was your professor or you were mine, the first thing you would teach, if you were teaching honestly, any type of Economics 101 is you do not raise taxes during a recession. But since they don't even acknowledge that we're in a recession, but yet they're trying to combat inflation, runaway inflation, that is at 9.1%, as you know. So their their prescription is to spend more and to raise taxes, including the lion's share over the course of time, not 
400,000 and above wage earners, but much lower than that. So it's, it's exactly the wrong thing. When we come back, Chuck is going to talk about the IMF, the GDP outlook, where that stands. I do remind everyone that the Atlanta Fed, who I have a lot of respect for, at the start of the second quarter, they called for 2% growth in the second quarter. In the second quarter, We contracted by just under 1%. They were 3% off. I point out to you, they are calling for about 2%. I think it's 1.9% positive GDP for the third quarter. But they thought it was going to be 2.1 in the second quarter. But to their credit, though, as the quarter went along, they would do their adjustments and updates. And they did predict that we would have contraction, that we would have a negative quarter uh, from a GDP standpoint. And in fact, we did. So when you add 1.6 and the 0.9, you're talking about 2.5% for the first half of the year. A lot still to talk about with Chuck Malamut as we continue. And to reach Chuck Malamut for all of your financial planning, call 609-383-2010. He is Chuck. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back with Chuck Malamut. We continue his weekly discussion Tuesday mornings in the 8 o'clock hour. Chuck Malamut presents all about your financial matters Uh, IMF, and I did a little riff right before the end of the break about what the Atlanta Fed uh, was talking about GDP uh, in in the uh, last quarter. The IMF, Chuck, uh, Chuck, what what do you have to say about that? Yeah, uh, so Harry, kind of of more of the same. So last week, the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, cut its global growth forecast. Now, this is the third time they've done it this year. They uh, now expect the global economy to expand by roughly 3.2% this year. Back in April, it was 3.6%, and a year-end, 4.4%. They're also uh, stating that they think growth will slow further in 2023 to roughly 2.9%. Um, then they go on to say that the, the, the risks are, quote, overwhelming, Overwhelming, overwhelmingly tilted to the downside, um, end of quote. So, Harry, it's just not here. Yeah. It's unfortunately, it's this the problem that we are working through right now is happening not only in the U.S., but, you know, obviously, you know, overseas as but, well. But isn't our inflation substantially higher than many? Well, we, yeah, we are. I mean, the... The IMF uh, expects uh, inflation to reach about 8.3% globally this year. And they think a year from now or next year will be down to about 5.7%. So, yeah, we are running a little hotter, so to speak, versus the rest of the world. Did you have more to talk about? I know that we had a separate um, agenda item on layoffs and the jobless claims i know that sort of crossed over in earlier discussion did you have more on that yeah so last week harry um initial jobless claims the number came in at two hundred fifty-six thousand, and that was actually 
a decline of five thousand, um, you know, from the from the uh, the prior week, which you would think, okay, on, on the surface that sounds good, but but I think if you go back and look, you know, these the claims number had reached a low of one hundred and sixty six thousand dollars, one hundred and sixty six thousand people in March. And now we are on that sort of that upward uh, slope with more, less more people looking for, <coughs> excuse me, for these uh, you know for the jobless claims to, to file. And Chuck, I heard a Fox uh, business uh, analyst say that the next jobs report is going to be very very bad. Are you hearing any? Are you hearing anything about that? Uh, I have, I have not, Harry, and we're gonna, we're gonna know on Friday. Yeah, I mean that's well. I, I this person, I forget her name. She's really smart, and she's usually right. And she said it is going to be terrible. So to our listeners, remember where you heard it. I mean, I hope it's not true, but she said it's going to happen. So we'll see. Yeah, I think Harry, when you, you know, when you look, you're seeing a lot of companies now. Uh, you know, making announcements or I don't want to say warnings or basically saying that, you know, there is a high probability that we're going to end up, um, end up in some layoffs, um, you know, you know, over the next, uh, over the upcoming quarter. So I think, I think more to come on that for sure. Wow. Chuck Malama continues. Second quarter earnings update. Chuck, what do you got? So Harry, second quarter earnings, um, Update. I mean, it's it's sort of a mixed bag. We've had about 50, 56% of the companies reporting so far. And this is a big week this week. Um, blended earnings per share uh, are up about 6%. Sales are up about 12%. But it's not so much what is being reported. You know, remember we always talk about driving, looking through the rearview mirror all yep. day. That's what we're doing here. Um, Chuck, just a time check. Forty seconds left in your show. Time is yours. So, so what is happening now? You know, so far, obviously, the slowing economy has taken a toll on some companies, but we're certainly not at this point in time, quote unquote, in a recession, whatever that means. We can talk about that for the next hour. But the market seems to be on the side with Powell's view that a soft landing is possible. By the way, did you just say that the economy doesn't seem that it's in a recession? Did you actually say that? The, the It reflects the slowing. So, so far, Q2, <laughs> slowing economy, but not a recession. Okay. Oh, that, boy. But, oh that's boy. coming from earnings. I know, I know. Chuck, we, <clears throat> we have to go. Uh, wonderful visit, 609-383-2010. Chuck Malamut for all of your financial planning needs. Chuck, have a great day. Always great to see you. Harry, enjoy your week. You Talk tip to you out. Soon. You know yeah. it. PTG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground.
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Six minutes past the hour. Dr. Mark Newkirk is here on the first and third Tuesday, right after Chuck Malamut, on the first and third Tuesday of every month for 30 minutes at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. We visit with the best in his business, Dr. Mark Newkirk, owner-operator of Newkirk Family Veterinarians, a trusted name in pet care for more than four decades and he's got a great facility we'll call it campus at 3085 english creek avenue in egg harbor township phone number to make an appointment 609-645-2120 on the web at newkirk family veterinarians.com doc welcome to your program i was very excited to hear that uh for the past four days you do what you always do. You're continuing education, which I think is a very significant uh, just blessing to your practice. Uh, you just continue to do that year in and year out. So four additional days at the National Veterinary Convention in Philadelphia. The neat thing, ladies and gentlemen, about today's program, I, I do confess to this. We talk a lot about dogs we don't we don't ignore the cats, but I, I will agree that we talk more about dogs. Today, the focus is going to be more about cats. And there are such things as dog lovers and cat lovers and, and then people that love both about the same. But usually you're kind of either a dog person or a cat person. It's probably not exactly accurate, Doc, because we know many households have uh, a bunch of each. But this is great. I mean, it couldn't be more fresh. Uh, all of your train-the-trainer continuing education stuff. So let me turn it over to you, Doc, for an update. Yeah, our national convention, which attracts thousands of veterinarians from across the U.S. and foreign countries as well. Uh, quite a bit of foreign country people come because they know it's a great source of education as we're bringing in uh, um, lecturers and seminar leaders from all over the country and in some cases from other countries. So there's topics on everything. And uh, the other thing, of course, that we don't mention very much at all because I don't take care of these animals are things like horses and cows and pigs and things that are very important to the food supply of America and also keeping uh, animals safe. Uh, we veterinarians are in charge of um, health and safety for the EPA, for the CDC, and for a lot of these meat processing plants uh, where the, the animals come through to be processed. Um, so a whole gamut and even things that I forget about many times, there's a lot of veterinarians in industry, there's a lot of veterinarians uh, in uh, the armed forces. So uh, veterinarians are everywhere. Most people I know and just because familiarity, you think of the vet as the doctor where you take your dog or your cat. And of course, some doctors like I you know, take care of exotic pets, reptiles, birds, that kind of thing. So there were courses all there for uh, doctors that do take care of those pets uh, because that's an emerging uh, trend as far as developing new medications for these animals. Uh, interestingly, there are I don't think there's actually any drugs that are officially FDA approved for the use in reptiles or birds. 
um, because the market, quite frankly, is very small dollar-wise. So um, corporations have to spend tens of millions of dollars to get an FDA approval. So throughout the years, it's been evolved that we're kind of grandfathered in or what's called standard of care that we can use antibiotics that are technically not labeled for birds and reptiles uh, in these species because otherwise we'd have nothing to treat. So um, there are guidelines for almost all of the drugs to be used, anesthetics, etc., cetera, uh, in these creatures. Um, so there were lectures, of course, on them. Uh, but we had some really new, interesting stuff coming out about cats. And the big thing with cats, of course, is that they're very, very difficult to get medication into, uh, whether it be a pill, whether it be a liquid. And oftentimes we can, with many medications, make what's called a transdermal. In other words, a compounding pharmacy puts the drug into a gel or a paste that you then squeeze a measured amount onto the inner flap of the ear. And the drug diffuses through that skin, which is very thin and also has many, many blood vessels in it. Uh, and it's a way to get the medication in. The problem, which is terrific, and we use this a lot because it makes it very easy. Um, the problem is, is that there's no um, determining uh, which drugs actually get through in high enough concentrations to uh, take care of the problem. Now, many of them do because we can measure things like thyroid, for example, phenobarbital, for example, by blood testing. But sometimes we find that we can't get decent blood vessel, uh, levels of drugs that way. And also, not every drug is compoundable into a transdermal. And so one of the big areas that have been concentrated on recently for cats is the area of pain. And we have many, many things for dogs and commonly talk about pain medicine in dogs because dogs tend to show their pain more than us. Now, there's a very, very important point for people to understand. Dogs and cats rarely, rarely whine and cry and uh, make a scene, so to speak, if they're in pain. And so many, many dogs come in, and I can see the dog just walking from the reception area into the room, and I can see it walking stiffly or uh, walking abnormally. And I say, oh, gee, it looks like your dog's in pain. Oh, no, Doc, he never cries. He never whines. And then I say to them, well, look at me. My whole back is arthritis. I'm not standing here crying and whining. <laughs> and they kind of laugh, and they kind of get it. Um, but in cats, it's much more difficult to assess the pain because, you know, they're not particularly active. And, you know, they're not going out for a walk with you. And they're not um, probably playing fetch and things like that with you. So much more difficult to assess pain in a cat. But suffice to say that as cats age, just like people, just like dogs, horses, everybody, they do get arthritis. And the most common signs are mostly failure to be doing normal activities so, such as jumping up effortlessly. Many times we'll see cats that try to jump and they miss. Ooh. So they're digging their hind claws into the edge of the couch, let's say, to kind of climb up rather than jump up. Uh, as we all know, those cat owners, you know, they, they can just jump effortlessly 
And if your animal's making an effort to jump or you're seeing that animal go slowly up the stairs instead of the stairs, you know, these are signs of pain. Um, another one certainly is changes in behavior. You know, they're just a little bit lethargic. Instead of running to the food bowl, they come to walk to the food bowl. And a big one is cats that don't want you to brush them, especially down the lower portions of the back. And many times these cats will be licking there, just like you and I would rub a, say, a sprained wrist. We rub that. Cats will lick in areas of pain. Uh, so oftentimes you'll see this over, let's say, a joint. Let's call it the wrist of the front leg or the carpus. Um, and they're just licking there. And you, know, you look, you don't see an infection or anything. Uh, that's pain. And so many of these cats um, do respond quite nicely to pain meds. The problem is getting it into them because there's no real pain medicine that you can give that's going to last a particularly a uh, long time uh, until now. And this is a couple of things that I've learned um, at this particular conference. There's some great medications coming out uh, for cats. One is an injection called Silencia, which is um, targeted at arthritis. And the interesting thing about this is that this is not a drug in the sense of an anti-inflammatory. This is what's called a monoclonal antibody. Wow. Now, people may recognize this term from COVID, monoclonal antibodies. And this is basically then an isolated one kind of antibody. Now, antibodies are primarily made by the body to fight infection, but they're also ones that fight inflammation. They're also ones that create inflammation such as uh, the, the, uh, the itching of the allergy. But there's a particular um, anti antibody uh, that is, uh, so let's call it a line, you know, let's just say uh, there's antibody one through 100, and let's just say this is antibody number 52. And what does number 52 do? Well, it targets inflammatory cells in the joint. And so you give this injection, and it actually hunts out the cells within joints that are creating inflammation, and it turns them off. And so you're actually reducing inflammation directly versus drugs who the antibody is already up. The inflammatory cell, I'm sorry, is already elevated, and now you're trying to use... Uh, a non-steroidal or a steroid to push the anti the inflammatory cell down. This comes from the other way, and therefore we don't have any kind of side effects because it's targeting this one particular inflammatory cell. So unlike a steroid, for example, which depresses the whole inflammatory process of the body, so it lowers your ability to fight infection, for example, um, this this particular called Silencia, uh, it's not available quite yet, probably November, is targeting this particular antibody. And so um, slowly after, especially after about the second shot, uh, you see these cats start jumping up and down again. They're running to their food. 
Uh, you know, we saw studies and videos, et cetera, at the conference, and uh, quite an amazing result. And this drug is FDA-approved uh, for the use in cats. So uh, this is quite interesting, and I can guarantee you that if your cat is old, it's got arthritis. Um, in our practice, we use a lot of chiropractic on these guys uh, and laser therapy um, and also what I call aquapuncture, where we're injecting homeopathic remedies around, let's say it's an area of a bad disc, for example. Um, we're injecting these therapies around that, and we get uh, just wonderful response on these cats. Doc, we're going to take our one and only break. Fascinating information. And I have a couple of follow-up questions, and I know you have more content as well. So we're getting it fresh off of the heels of the National Veterinary Convention that was held over four days. You can imagine between the seminars and all the content. I I mean, one of my follow-up questions is how hasn't there been a type of pain medication? I mean, I understand they're not going to be able to choke down some big horse pill, but not a liquid or anything. I mean, this is remarkable that we're having a breakthrough in the year 2020 or 2022, rather. 19 minutes past the hour with the doc. I am early in the morning, and this is Newkirk Family Veterinarians presents their twice-monthly discussion on the first and the third Tuesday of every month for the first half hour of the 9 o'clock hour. All about pets with Dr. Mark Newkirk to make an appointment. 609-645-2120. That's 609-645-2120 with the doc. I'm Harry, and this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, which you have once again, you've done it again, report card day is out. Uh, Doc had a uh, a busy uh, convention. We had a great report card. You've done it again. You've made WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. All because of you, and we know it. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Uh, you, Everything you said was memorable, and I, I loved the whole dialogue. But I wrote down a note uh, to myself, Doc, that when you said that there hadn't been pain medication for cats, doesn't that seem extraordinary? Well, uh, there has been, but as we were talking about early on, it's difficult to get pills or liquids in them. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you just corrected me. I I knew what I was saying, but I said it very clumsily, administering it. So obviously I even brought up the expression about you're not going to choke down some big pill, but there just wasn't a way, even like a liquid or something like that, on the wet food or something. It was just tricky to actually get the medication delivered, it sounds yeah, and cats, of course, with their tremendous sense of smell, you know, you put something on the food, and most of them go over there and they just, they don't want just it. sniff it and ignore it. Yeah. You know, where dogs, will, they're so hungry, they run and they just eat everything <laughs> down very quickly. Yeah, so um, that's been the problem. And so 
Now, these unique modes of delivery here with this injection, and the second one we're going to talk about, um, which is a topical. Now, many people are familiar with topical medications uh, with the flea and tick products, and, of course, that makes it easier just putting it on the skin. So there is a product that is uh, just becoming available now called Absorbium. I don't know how they pick these names, but <laughs> maybe it's about absorption or something. Absorbium, uh, which is a topical of a drug called butorphanol, which is a minor narcotic. And, of course, these are terrific for um, animals in pain. Uh, the problem is this stuff is very bitter trying to give it orally. And they've figured out a way how to incorporate the drug into a liquid that then when it touches the skin actually penetrates the skin. And it penetrates the skin with a um, regularity that is measurable and quantifiable. In other words, then you do see this drug in the bloodstream at the proper doses. The nice thing about this is that we put it on in one dose last four days, which is really terrific for these cats uh, and owners, of course, uh, that uh, then you don't have to, again, try to get a pill in every day. Now, cats have um, a different, completely different way of metabolizing or let's call it getting rid of drugs out of the body. And so many times the doses are of pain medicines are much lower than in dogs, or they're given um, for a very short period of time, but they stay in the body. And so that's what's nice about this Zorbium. Uh, you put it on and it lasts for a good four days, so you're not having to do it every single day. So classically, um, let's just say if we're even talking about um, a hysterectomy or what's known as a spay, the spay surgery, um, typically, four days of medication, of pain medicine, is fine. If you're doing this in young animals, and usually by day two, three, four, they're just up and they're running, and you know they don't they don't have a particular problem. So there's a couple of ways to do this. One is a veterinarian can apply this um, pre-surgery. Uh, also, we can also give injections of the non-steroidals along at the same time, which we always do pre surgery anyway. But the place that I think this is going to really be uh, helpful is uh, at home the night before. Because if we have pain medicine on board before we create pain, it's been shown that the pain response is much, much less. So um, let's say you give it 24 hours before the surgery, the pain medicine is already in there, and it then prevents some of the pain, let's say, from starting in the first place. And then pre-surgery, we're giving our non-steroidal injection, which complements that. And so the point is we're not only getting better pain control, but we're better able to uh, stop some of that pain from happening. Um, so it, this is really a nice breakthrough also for cats. Um, let's just say even they come in with a bad sprain or they, you know, they've, um, it's, uh, got an, a, a ligament um, strain or something, you know, here's a great way to <clears throat> have that pain medicine last the three, four days that we need. 
And right now we give an injection of a non-steroidal, but that only lasts 24 hours. And then it's up to the owner to try to fight with the cat to get the medication in. So uh, this is a nice um, new development. And uh, because, again, it's an opioid class, we can use other drugs like non-steroidals. And so we're kind of getting a two-pronged approach to pain. And uh, as many people know out there who might be themselves on different combinations of pain medicine, the combination also often works better than just a single, single one. Doc, when you go somewhere like this, this is a big deal. This is like my talkers uh, annual convention where, you know, I mean, I, I just love it. Uh, the National Veterinary Convention, and it's four days long, and I can only imagine that there's you know, seminars and all these different things that go on. Uh, I'm going to pose it. I think I know the answer to it, but you, you, you will be able to, um, to share in detail. Do you learn a lot at a convention like this? Yeah, you do. And interestingly, uh, even these particular drugs, although there were talks, official seminars on these, uh, a lot of it is done by the exhibitors in uh, the exhibit hall. Mm -hmm. And so you learn about things that um, are coming. Now, not all of the not all of these drugs are, are discussed in an official seminar kind of thing. So uh, these two particular ones were, for example, but, you know, you learn about other things that are up and coming or more efficient ways to do something. And, of course, there are um, book sellers there, textbook sellers there. Um, so typically I'm always buying a new book of something that's coming out. Um, there's, of course, suppliers of of instruments and anesthesia machines and x-rays and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it's really where we first learned, oh, gosh, 20 years ago, of the up-and-coming computer, computerized uh, x-rays for animals. You know, these very, very expensive machines are first developed for people. And then um, they kind of trickle down. Even the MRIs, CT scans, you know, there are now official versions of these made for animals. But, you know, 20 years ago, you were trying to revamp a human machine. And remember, these things could be a half a million dollars. Mm. You know, so your local veterinarian doesn't have you know, an extra hundred grand laying around to, to get a portable CT machine or uh, even a dental x-ray machine. These things are very, very expensive. So, um, but we learn that things are coming and then we know that at some point in time, the price will come down because they have to, to get it into the veterinary market, it has to come down. So you learn about those kinds of things as well. So, you know, you're really taking in as much knowledge uh, about all kinds of different things uh, as you want to cram it into your brain for four days. Hey, Doc, what's the life expectancy? I know, you know, there's different breeds and all these things. So take it wherever you want to take it. What's the life expectancy uh, that we should expect of cats? Well, cats typically are going to uh, grow much older typically than dogs, um, anywhere from 16 to, say, 20. Now, you know, we do have some cats that are 22, but that's kind of rare. Um, but the classic thing about these guys that gets them is typically uh, either hyperthyroidism, uh, which can be controlled with medication, but the number one cause of, of failure in an organ is typically a kidney. 
so there's always tremendous uh, uh, lectures on kidneys and what's new in kidneys. And um, interestingly, uh, as I jokingly say, um, the, the universities have finally caught up to Dr. Newkirk. And by uh-huh. that, I say that uh, we have been advocating. <clears throat> so the normal thing that we're all taught is when you have a cat with kidney disease, you need to restrict the protein. Because high levels of protein make high levels of waste products, which the kidney have to handle. And if the kidney is weak, you don't want to tax it with a big job to do. The problem is that we would see our cats either not eat these foods because they weren't sort of rich enough for the cat, or if they were on it, it wasn't enough protein to maintain the cat. So these cats would start slowly getting thinner and thinner and thinner and weaker and weaker and weaker. And then, then it was a question of, okay, you know, when is it time to humanely euthanize the animal? So in holistic medicine, when we look at this particular creature who is in what's called an obligate carnivore, in other words, he has to have meat in the diet. And we started then talking about, yeah, we can restrict it, but we're not going to send it down to really, really low levels. So how do we restrict protein quantity, but keep the waste products low? And the answer to that is natural, organic, and even raw-based diets. Because the more pure that piece of meat is, number one, the more the cat will use that protein, and number two, since it's the natural diet, so to speak, um, the waste is going to be much, much less. So even if you think about it, and I will say this to my clients, so let's just say uh, you're using one of these veterinary diets that are low protein, but here's this sort of nugget that you're putting in the cat's dish, or here's a piece of real meat. Now, which do you think is gonna be better for the cat to digest, to absorb, and by the way, this meat in this little nugget or kibble has been baked and processed, and so it's basically a cooked meat, and you know, what happens when you cook meat, you you destroy the protein. So owners get this, and there are diets that are made by some holistic companies that are real meat-based. They We do lower the protein some, but we don't go way, way down. And so my point of this is that all of a, all of a sudden, I'll put that in quotes. All of a sudden, the universities are advocating this same particular idea of the protein. Now, of course, they're combining this knowledge to dog or pet food companies, and they're still coming out with the kibble, but at least it's this higher protein, more purified protein, less waste protein. And uh, so, as they say, they've caught up to Dr. Newkirk. Doc, I have to say, I'm not surprised uh, but you've said that forever. I mean, I've been interviewing you for more than 15 years. Uh, let me ask you, uh, there's no way to do it. I could do it off air, but th- then it would be like the segment's over. Do you have a few more minutes? Can you do one more segment or do you have to yeah. go? All right. So, so hold on. Let me get the break in. That way we won't be compressed at all because I have two breaks that I have to get in before the end of the show. Uh, here's my question for you, Doc. And I cannot believe I have never asked you this question in all the years it's i think we're in our 16th year if i'm not mistaken i'm looking at a document right now back from 2008 but that wasn't the first day we did the show so uh i think we're somewhere 16 17 years something like that at least 
I've never asked you this question. I know we've covered it on the dog side of the ledger, and that is how dogs age. And I think everybody just thought until they met Newkirk, it's just seven years. Every year is seven years, but that's not true. And we learned that from you. I've never asked you about the aging of cats. So, for example, if you have a 10, 15, 18-year-old cat, uh, how has that cat aged over that period of time? I don't know that many of our listeners have ever heard this question posed, and I think it's fascinating. Dr. Newkirk agreed to do one more segment. Let's uh, take full advantage with the doc. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Bonus time with Dr. Mark Newkirk, which makes me happy. Doc, I can't believe it. I've never asked you this question in all these years we've been together. And that is, explain how cats age. We've learned from you how dogs age. And that really is meaningful because sometimes people think about a certain age dog. Oh, that dog's not that old. But yeah, after 10 years or seven years, it's not like a, it's not like a, a, a third grader. You know, the dog is aging quicker. How do cats age? Um, fairly similar. Uh, the first year, first two years is equal to 12. So in other words, wow. uh, by year one human time, they're 12. And by year two human time, they're roughly 24. Because as you know, cats can start breeding uh, as early as six months of age, but classically by one year of age, they're already sexually mature. So um, they're obviously much older in human time than if one year equaled one year. Uh, Then it's about four to one. So if we had, uh, let's say, a 15-year-old cat, so you would take 13 times 4, uh, 12, 62, and add 24 would be roughly 86 years old. So um, they, they live, if this we're using this example, they live to be in the, sort of their 90s uh, routinely. Wow. And, you know, if that was you or I, we'd be saying, hey, you know, good for you. Yeah, I mean, absolute celebration. So how do they do in their older years? Do they, are they still sharp? Do they have still a great sense of smell, and are they able to be active? How do they do older? Well, the the two things that we've kind of mentioned already, the diseases, um, hyperthyroidism, kidney disease. And here again, if you think of us at 70, 80, 90, we're going to have a kidney problem, a heart problem, a blood pressure problem. So these are considered normal in the sense of, yes, we're aging and something's going to come out and something's going to kill us sooner or later. Um, And then the other big one, again, just like older people, is arthritis. So this is simply an issue of aging. Uh, We do like to change the diets. Uh, Older cats, again, we also talked about the protein. Uh, Do we see dementia and things like that? Well, kind of hard to assess and define, but we usually do, we can see signs of mental decay, let's call it. Uh, They may be vocalizing, especially cats. They'll be wandering around the house just just crying, for example. Um, We can certainly see with the arthritis, things are not moving as well. 
they're certainly not going to be interacting uh, as often as possible, uh, uh, you know, as they used to. They're not going to be running, jumping, and playing. Uh, well, the same as us when we're 80 or 90, you know. So um, just the same things that can happen in old people. Now, we don't see the classic, and here again, it's hard to assess, is obviously cats and dogs don't talk, they don't write, they don't drive cars. Um, <laughs> but um, there, there has to be aging in the brain. It certainly makes sense. Uh, just just like every other tissue in the body, it's aging. Uh, we see it, tend to see it a little bit more in dogs because, again, you can assess that behavior. You know, the dog might just be standing in a corner and, and lost, so to speak, can't seem to get out of the corner. Uh, sometimes we'll see them pressing their heads uh, in the corner, for example. Um, they might be vocalizing. Uh, we tend to see incontinence in a lot of our older uh, males and females, especially uh, the castrated males, and of course most of the females are neutered. And this typically turns out to be a hormonal problem. Uh, as they age, estrogen in the female starts to go down, uh, just as in people, and testosterone in the male starts to go down. And so we can then often see incontinence. Uh, so we do do hormonal therapy in uh, both the male and the female if incontinence is becoming a problem. So, you know, these become typically geriatric-type patients. We see heart disease, um, more so in the dog, uh, actually fairly common in the dog, especially the smaller breeds. Um, we can see neurologic disease. Uh, we certainly see disc uh, problems, uh, especially in our bigger dogs or our dogs with very long backs, such as the dachshund, of course. Um, and we see uh, relative blindness, you know, loss of vision, loss of hearing. So again, um, basically all the stuff that's going to happen to us when we're 80 or 90 is going to happen to them. Two minutes, real Doc, if you can take one more question. And I realize you're not Dr. Doolittle. You're not Eddie Murphy. You're not the, uh, oh, my gosh, who's the classic Dr. Doolittle? He's fantastic. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he's, he's a giant among actors. Um, phenomenal, by the way. So I know you can't talk to the animals, but what is it when, to your best of your knowledge, what is it when a cat sort of does almost seems like a figure eight go in between your legs if you're standing even sitting but a lot of times standing and they rub up against you and it almost seems like like loving or something um but what what do you know what that is yeah and that is a, a loving gesture if we want to use that word uh, this is a cat that really likes you and they're marking you with the pheromones from the sides of their faces or their cheek, if you will. There you go. Um, you'll see cats, cats do this up against certain objects and they're leaving what are called pheromones, not hormones, but pheromones. And these pheromones, are, in particular the ones you're talking about, are sort of happy pheromones that this is my happy place, this is my friend, this is my, my human. Um, and uh, they're leaving their scent and their smell on you. So they're marking you as, uh, as a buddy. You know, I love you, so I'm going to mark on you. And um, so, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And by the way, I'll save myself 100 emails. Uh, Rex Harrison is who I was thinking about. Uh, certain roles, I think of one person 
better than anybody else, and uh, he is just fantastic at that. Hey, Doc, thank you for the overtime. Uh, congrats on your latest uh, continuing education, and I know that's a big deal uh, in your business to, to go to the national convention because there's just so much, as you say, from not only the, the actual breakout sessions but the um, – the exhibits and all the people that are there. So thanks for passing on the knowledge to us and for continuing to absorb knowledge so that when you're caring for everyone's pets, you're the best doctor that you can be. That's the whole point, isn't it? It's That is exactly the point. Educate yourself. Um, there's always new stuff coming out. And there's always revelations of of animal behavior especially this is a big one there are a lot of lectures on animal behavior so we're understanding the things that they do uh, more more intelligently especially aggression in dogs for example you know that's a whole other topic we can talk about at some point uh, but you know what those behaviors are and maybe what's triggering those behaviors so um, you know you you just learn more and more stuff and uh, that's the object of going, keeping yourself educated. I love to learn new stuff. Uh, the Holistic Veterinary Conference is coming up in September, and I'm sure I'll have a lot of stuff to talk to you after that. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's fun. It, it's fun to learn new things, and I still enjoy it. You're, you're, you're exceptional, Doc. To reach Dr. Newkirk and his wonderful team at Newkirk Family Veterinarians, 609-645-2020 on the web at Newkirk, N-E-W-K-I-R-K, NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. Doc, we will reconvene in two weeks. I'm already looking forward to it. All right, sir. Have a great day, and everybody stay cool out there. Sir, yes, sir. Thank you, my friend. Have a great day. It's 51 minutes past the hour, and now it is your turn to play. When we come back, we'll take calls until Kilmeade. And incidentally, ooh, um, 24 hours from now, Actually, it'll be 23, but, and actually with show prep, it's a lot earlier than that. But tomorrow we will send the Hurley in the Morning program to the Brian Kilmeade show with your humble public servant filling in tomorrow. And we have a great show that is just already, I, I know, from a content standpoint, from the quality of the guests that we will be presenting, uh, it's going to be a really good show. So you'll have me. For the first, if you get up at 6 o'clock for early in the morning, you will have me for the first seven hours of your day tomorrow as we host both Hurley in the Morning and guest host the Brian Kilmeade Show. I am. Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's a first-of-its-kind community with over 100 homes for program recipients, a place where Gold Star families, families of fallen first responders, and catastrophically injured heroes can live together with neighbors who understand, a place where the children of these families will grow up together. Help America's greatest heroes and their families to heal together. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. 
So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Let me give you an indication. And you know I'm not the sky is falling. I don't get hysterical. And I know some people do that. I just like to keep it even keel. But I have to tell you, you know, what's happening. And what we enjoy doing is... And we've made a 30-plus-year career out of this. We are pretty good at seeing what is right now and being able to just – I can't explain it, and I'm sure you have this capability too. I don't think it's anything special that I possess, but I can look at something early on. And I know because if I know my subject, I'll know how something is trending, and then I can tell what it's going to look like. For example – How did I know 10 or 20 years in advance that, and I said it would be in California first, that they would let illegals come in here, how it would mess things up because of people. I heard, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his first name, but from Fox Business Channel, Asman, he's phenomenal, phenomenal. Love the guy. He's uh, David Asman. He's talking all about you know, relatives of his that cannot get into the country uh, and people that are here that took 10 years, all the things I tell you about. And he's going all through this. Now, you you know that people that are doing it the right way, that are paying money, working here, paying taxes, having to leave and go back home for a period of time, then they can come back. And you know that when they see people get to cut right in the front of the line and they get given all this free stuff, we should be at the point in time where we are letting people into this country that can contribute to our country, that have some incredible intellect or skill set. What are we doing bringing all kinds of people in that tax our systems, our social systems? It's all wrong. And and it's not how it should be. So we knew illegals would be here. And then the goal would be to have them vote. Look what almost happened in New York. And a federal judge, thank goodness, a federal judge stopped it. They wanted them voting in elections. And that it would only be a matter of time before it would be all elections. And, of course, the Constitution clearly states the requirement to be able to vote in this country is that you have to be a citizen. So anywhere that this has been allowed to be done, and it's been done in California in school board elections, and you know their goal. Next would be local elections, county, state, federal, and th- that's what their goal is. They flaunt, they, they completely violate the laws of our country when they do that. So I'm telling you what's happening. I, I spent yesterday an hour reading up on what percentage of the country is living paycheck to paycheck, and it's substantial. It's two-thirds. What percent of the company, of the company, of the country, uh, is not buying as much food as they did prior to this past 18 months of Bidenomics, which I don't care who you are, you're a liar if you say that you are, are – the Reagan question, 
Are you better off now than you were 18 months ago? I don't know how many people can possibly answer that. Yes. Everything, even if you're doing well and you're making good money still, and maybe you've gotten a 5% increase, but if costs are going up 9, 15, 20, 30 some percent, and even more, and if gasoline is twice as much, you hear it's up 50%. Well, if it was $2 and now it's $4, then that's double. That's what you got to be thinking about. They, they have all these ways of just making something look like it's not. Well, I'll tell you what I was reading about on top of all that. Dollar store dinners. This is what a lot of people are doing to cope with the inflation, with energy and grocery prices and all of this rising so much. Many are cutting their spending on essentials, which is terrible. You know, when Mayor Kane talks about need buyers and want buyers and things like that, when you have people cutting out food, now, of course, this is depending on the individual that we're speaking about. You have everything from people that are cutting entire meals out. In some cases, and this is staggered depending on the particular circumstance, some are down to one meal a day. Now, you could live like that, and you probably won't die just from only eating once a day, but it's not healthy. You probably won't be, and and even if you were overweight at some point in time, you would not be ideal weight or anything like that. That's not healthy. You would not be eating enough calories and you would be tired and you'd have all kinds of issues potentially. Some people are eating two meals a day. I happen to know some people that occasionally skip a meal. They just choose to do that. It's some kind of mini fasting or something. You skip a meal here or there, you're not going to, that's not going to change your metabolism much or uh, affect your blood chemistry or anything uh, notably. And, and I say that just from a lay person's perspective, nothing clinical that I'm able to impart. You know, you know we, don't, we don't try to get outside of our own space of what we know and what we hear and what we read about. But I do a lot of reading. And so this caught my eye. Now, I've been telling you this for 30 years, although I don't seem to go to too many, too many of them anymore when the one closed that was near me. I used to, my kids will even tell you this. Where's dad? Oh, he's at the dollar store. I love the dollar store. My friend Anthony, who I knew from even the Golden Nugget Casino days, opened up with his wife, my favorite dollar store of all time. And they had so many fantastic things in the store. And I loved it. I loved it for probably 15 years and then they closed. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not at many of these other places and I understand they're not even, I wrote a piece about it. They're not even a dollar anymore. They call themselves dollar this or that, but everything is more than a dollar. And then some of them, you know, have like even $5 things and stuff like that. But I used to love that. But now you actually have people, wish we had more time because I, I did a lot of homework on this topic. You have people shopping for their meals at dollar stores. They're, they're not just buying like cereal and candy and chips and soda and bottled water and things like that. They're buying their dinners. They're buying that sized 
containers of shampoo and all these different things, just trying to make ends meet, to try to have the things that they need. Now we're talking about, this isn't like, hey, you can't go on vacation this year. This is cutting out essentials. That's why I know. I don't care what the media does and what Biden's people and he says, people are ready to just kick rear end on November 8th. Get ready. It's coming. It's at this point in time, it's unstoppable. There's nothing that can stop it. 